Good evening. I'm Paul Sexton. And I'm Bobby Burns. And this is Wayward Weekly. Around the world and into your home, the stories that touch your life. This is Wayward Weekly. All right there, everybody. Welcome to episode 18. I'd like to say it's been a while because it's been a while, Paul, since you and I have podcasted. But, uh, yeah, we we'll both probably, have beards now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but we'll probably release this right after we release two of them that have just been sitting in the chamber waiting to go. Um, so anyways, uh, it is, what, two weeks before the election? Uh, it is October 20th or October 21st. I don't know. 21st. Yes, sir. 21st. Cool. Um, so today we're going to try and go over some stuff in the ballot and hopefully get this out uh, next week, a week before the election so people can listen to it. And uh, yeah, that's that's where we're at. So what's new, man? Um, I haven't talked to you in like forever. Yeah, it has been uh, a really long time. Um no, I'm looking forward to getting back to podcasting and everything. I actually missed doing it, and I felt like we were getting into a little bit of a groove there uh, for a little while, trying to, you know, starting to get kind of normalized to the process. Because, I mean, I don't think you were nervous at the beginning, but I was certainly nervous. And I was really nervous about, you know, what I could say and what I couldn't say. Not like I have bad thoughts or anything, but you're just so nervous in this environment that you're going to say something. Yeah. You know, that someone's going to interpret wrongly and that that can affect you somehow, you know, and I feel like I'm finally starting to get over that hump. Like, I don't feel nervous right now like I did at the beginning. Yeah. And I I feel like that's just no matter where you are, someone's going to find something you're doing wrong and attack you. So you're going to have to build up a skin to that and a tolerance and just learn. Well, it's not so much the skin. It's just it never goes away. I mean, I mean, people can just make a blind accusation. Everyone piles on for a little bit. And then when it comes out, like. Like, oh, well, you know, uh, I guess everyone was wrong. Everyone's like, well, we've already moved on. Yeah. It's like, but yeah, you, you, but you just ruined my life. It's like, no, yeah, but true. now we're, we're moving on to ruin someone else's life. So why are we going to pay attention to you and apologize? Like we're heroes. <clears throat> we need to move on and keep ruining people. Yeah. So it, I definitely it's, see it, that a lot, uh, you know, through, uh, um, oh, a ton of it, social media and on the I mean, left and the right. Yeah. Yeah, it's all over the place. But just real quick before we get into and I'm not going to go on a tangent, I swear, because we already had the, we already had like a quick talk about this beforehand cuz even prior to getting onto the podcast with you, you and I were bullshitting about all kinds of stuff and we finally were just like let's start. But with the ranked choice voting, uh I think we left off last time we wanted to see if there was any issues with ranked choice voting in general. There have been some lawsuits uh, in Maine. There's been some lawsuits. Some Republicans brought some lawsuits. I think there was three or four plaintiffs. Those lawsuits didn't go anywhere. Uh, this will be the first election for them in which they're going to vote for president using this system. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And like you and I said before, I think this is a good start to reform the system without doing away with parts of the system in order to encourage Americans to vote their conscience. And then hopefully if they're able to vote their conscience, we'll have a uh, more dynamic and robust political system and we'll have individuals that feel like they're being represented. And then that way we won't have the polarization that we have. Yeah. So Um, I don't know if we talked about this last time or not or how in depth we got with it, but I thought a little bit more about it. Um, And it still baffles uh, me or boggles my mind a little bit. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Uh, I I really think we brought this up, but we brought it up that California actually had passed ranked choice voting uh, sometime last year uh, unanimously by our state Senate. 
and it was vetoed by Governor Gavin Newsom. We talked about that, correct? No. The state of California unanimously passed it, and it was vetoed. I was not even aware of that. That'd be really interesting. I'll have to dig into that to look at that. It I'm was surprised v- I haven't heard. Yep. When was that? Last year, in, in uh, either September or October of 2019. It. I wonder what the reason for that is. Well, so my thoughts are this. I mean, look, if we do ranked choice voting and that means California ends up voting for not a Trump and not a Biden, then you've just taken away how many electorates from Joe Biden. I think what ends up happening when you do something like that is that you, you lose, you lose votes. I mean, that's my only thought process. I know I sound like sort of conspiratorial right now, but that's the only reason I can think how would that. You, how would you lose votes? So so let's say um, the ranked choice voting happens here in the state of California, and what ends up happening is Joe Jorgensen wins uh, the the majority of electric votes or, or, or electoral uh Electoral college votes. So now, okay. because we're a winner-take-all state, all so California the ele- destroys it. California essentially throws it because not everybody's doing this, and now California's electoral votes are just wasted. Someone's got to start somewhere. I think that. Sure. I think that's, but, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But we are I mean, always, you know, when is the last time California's electoral votes went to a Republican candidate? Do you know? You know, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I imagine <laughs> it would have to be a, a really long time ago. Yeah, I, I have but no idea. Who knows? Maybe that was uh, Gavin Newsom's ambition. I'd have to look to see like why he would want to veto that. And maybe that was the reason. But I'm surprised if it was unanimous that Republicans went along with it. So I'm really curious to see why Gavin Newsom, because typically Republicans are against it, uh, because ranked choice voting doesn't typically work out as well for them, at least initially. I think there's a lot of promise for it for Republicans, though, once we institute those systems, because they'll uh, be able to better utilize them, just like the Democrats are going to be able to better utilize it. Yeah. But this is just mainly for the people, though. Like, I don't care about the outcome. If, if California is doing the right thing and the rest of the states are not doing the right thing and you keep electing leaders that don't get majority votes, uh California isn't the problem anymore. It's the rest of the states. And I, I'm always a fan of, of doing the right thing and leading by example in those areas. And that would be very unfortunate. Like, yeah, that Gavin Newsom well, would I mean, something like I think that. That's Unless hard, there's something I'm not seeing. I think that's a hard thing, Paul. I think that, um, you know, I maybe uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like <clears throat> when you and I have talked about this election and who you're possibly going to vote for, you are going the route of kind of the lesser of two evils. Am I right? Yeah. So I'm almost being a hypocrite. A little bit, but aren't we all? I mean, like, you know, because I I mean, you could, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, I think I could, I could see where, um, 
you know, Gavin Newsom, if that were his reason, is coming from because he's like, he's like, look, we got to be the last state to do this because otherwise it's just going to be Republican candidate after Republican candidate the next 30 years. Now, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I'm just saying in his mind, it might be the lesser of two evils if that's the reason he's doing it. Like you said, well, then why well, would politics. the rest of the se- the California Senate uh, approve that? And as you say that, I go, yeah, maybe that doesn't make sense. So look, I don't know why. You will have to read up on that more because I would. Yeah, I'll read up on it and then we can uh, talk about it because I'd be really curious to see why they would be doing that. But yeah, I think I don't think that when you're operating as an executive, when you're operating as president or you're operating as a governor of a state, I don't think that you should be putting your finger in the air just for your constituents. You're acting on behalf of all the populace and if it benefits everyone and it leads to a less polarized California just because it may in the short term lead to more Republican presidents I still think that it's the right thing to do because it's the best thing for the people sure. and I think that's how you have to govern as a president too if uh, if you're a Republican president and a Democrat has a really good idea I think it's important to listen and, and try and incorporate that idea if you can, if it's feasible. So, and then vice versa too. So, uh, yeah, I'm really curious actually to see why Gavin Newsom did that. But I hope that eventually this stuff will, will take off because it doesn't require like massive change. There's simple tweaks that will just give people more of a voice and give them the feeling that they're not just casting their vote aside right. so they can vote for the third party candidate and know that they're if that candidate isn't chosen that their second choice candidate uh will be applied yeah so their vote's not lost and it will, i would hope that it would encourage maybe more vote, voter turnout potentially one of, one of the criticisms uh that i've heard and then maybe we'll get back to voter turnout just for a brief moment um so i can get your thoughts on something but one of the the criticisms i've heard is that um you know, just because somebody like Joe or somebody like, um, you know, I'm just going to list libertarian candidates because that's who I'm familiar with. Somebody like Gary Johnson or uh, Ron Paul uh, in the previous elections, just because they would be the more popular second choice and more agreeable doesn't necessarily mean that they would be what's best for the United States as a president. In other words, it's like, a happy medium isn't always the best route of doing things. Sometimes the extreme is the best way of doing it. Um, and so I heard someone, you know, sort of arguing that and I'm like, okay, so what you're saying is, is that the system we have now, you're certain that that's better than trying this and, uh, you know, that it could never produce great results. Having an agreeable candidate that unites everybody, that we all go, well, we all voted for this person and we're all behind. And the person was like, well, no, I mean, it's definitely, you know, worth a try or it's it's not worth a try. Isn't That's not what they said. But they said, I can't say that it's definitely going to be any worse than what we're doing now. So there was just a criticism that came out of it. And it's like, I think anyone can shoot anything down instantly and find something wrong with it and go, oh, well, that's not going to work because of this or that. And the question is like, yeah, but is it a step in the right direction? Is it better than what we've got now? Like, you know, I've sort of been under this philosophy over the past few months of... 
you know, people defend democracy and you want democracy and and uh, you want to keep the two-party system going and, you know, you want to vote for the less of two evils. And I go, well, this is what you get when you do that. Like, this is a product of the exact thing that you're asking for. I have, you know, But friends. that's not what they intended, though. That's not what the founders wanted. They didn't want the byproduct to be a two-party system that well, just, you know, whose sole object is to get in the power and crush sure. the other side before, you know, because th- then it like we talked about before, it's just a doomsday cycle. Like, if you're yeah. just punishing the other side and then you wait eight years and they come in and punish you... Like you're all you're doing is you just we're literally just punishing ourselves. Yeah, I have a a Thomas Jefferson quote that I don't know exactly uh, where it comes from, but it's about 10 years after the formation of the United States. And he's already criticizing essentially um, how out of control the government has become. So just 10 years out of the after the foundation of the United States. And it's kind of like, oh, shit. Uh, we messed up. This thing is already taking on a life of its own and doing things that we didn't intend for it to do in just yeah. 10 years. But that should be comforting, though. I mean, just think about it. They, like, they just formed this government and they're like, holy shit, this monster's already out of control. And then you fast forward today and everyone's like, holy shit, this monster's out of control. Yeah. Like, you know, the books that we talk about, like uh, Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451. Right. He was concerned about, a, 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 you know, a, a modern dystopia coming, you know. Mm-hmm. Where everyone books are burned and the government provides the information and everyone is just beholden to these TV screens that just provided meaningless entertainment and information. Yeah. When Montag's, actually Montag's wife, all she wants to do is get the the fourth wall put up so that she can complete. Yeah, uh, so she can complete just watching nothing. Yeah, just bullshit, meaningless TV. The, Everything's the taking bumblebee care of in her just, ear. That, I think the crazy yep. thing about that is. Um, that book, uh, Fahrenheit 451, was written uh, in the 40s, wasn't it? Like right before yeah, World yeah. War II um, or maybe right after, somewhere around then. And so in the book, if you haven't read it, they talk about you know this guy's wife. And um, she's always got her bumblebee in her ear where she's talking to her friends. And this is like pre-cell you know, phones and telephones and like you know TVs are just starting out. And it's like she's immersed in this world of televisions with... Uh, being able to talk to people and interact with our TV shows and shit. And it's, it's just, I don't know. What a fantastic And everyone book. is happy. And everyone is happy oh, yeah. being dumbed down. Yep. The government, if you are, a, if you're, if you have books or knowledge, the government will literally send uh, fire breathing robots to kill you with a stinger. Like it, like, so you look at it, and I just looked. It's 1953. That's when it was published. Okay. So that's a that's a long time ago. I'm so thinking, he's thinking of this uh, is where. Th- I was thinking uh, 1984 was written in 1948. That's what yeah. it was. Yes. Yeah. And but but that this should all be comforting though because he thought that this is where society was going. So he wrote a graphic novel about it, a fictional novel about it. And it all seems plausible. And we, we think like, wow, this guy was a genius because he saw what was coming. But then you look at Thomas Jefferson before him. Yeah. The government's getting out of control. Yeah. He saw it was coming. Or just and like you, you were talking back, about, you look at uh, yeah, right in between 1850, Always. you have, uh, um, 
why do I want to say Hume right now? Who wrote Walden again? Henry David Thoreau. And he yeah. wrote uh, Civil Disobedience and talks about how out of control the government is and, you know, wanting taxes. Yeah. And here we are 170 years later. And same thing. Same shit. Same um, thing. You know, the stuff he exactly. talks about in Walden, about fashion being, you know, this yearly thing. And people put more energy and effort into that than they do just learning how to repair their own things where they could save money. And it's where, yeah, they, I mean, someone is going to look back and be like, man, in 1990, they were writing about apocalyptic shit with the world was coming to, to the end and yeah. they were eating people in this movie called Soylent Green and now that's happening. Yeah, <laughs> How did they know? The thing is, is one of these days, someone's going to be right. Yeah. But it looks like so far that everyone has been pretty much wrong and it seems like in the comforting part about it and the reason why I'm saying it's comforting is because you realize that, that humanity has gone through this stuff over and over and over again. The underlying factual scenarios that underline all of these uh, various events, I mean, those change a little bit from time to time, but a, a lot of it is exactly the same. Yeah. Even with moral enlightenment and everything, like it's the same process. It's just a new, you know, situation that you're having to reform in terms of your moral opinion of that situation. So, so you go from like <clears throat> slavery to not allowing women to vote. Like it's all the same. It's like the same process. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's why you see with the, the fear with Ray Bradbury and uh, the same, Thomas Jefferson, it's the same. It's the same process, know. but in the, in the interim the question becomes is are we seeing progress and i well i think that we're we're seeing progress but i think with humanity in general which is what's so frustrating is it takes forever it, it's such a slow grind i mean most everyone now can agree that slavery is awful and shouldn't be tolerated along with human trafficking but i mean you go back to the 1860s and like that was a big question yeah like, how the fuck does it take that long for us to come to our senses? Sure. And it's because it's just generations, you know, having ideas passed down. Their kids believe a lesser form of that idea. They die. They pass on a lesser form to their kids. Their kids reform their ideas so, a little more than their parents. <laughs> and it's just a slow, 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 you know, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Sarah and I were joking last night, but not joking as we were going through Prop 18. Uh, did you read Prop 18 in California? And let's jump into that because we, we are going on a, a tangent. Which one is Prop 18? Prop 18 amends California's constitution to permit 17-year-olds to vote in primary and special elections if they will turn 18 by the next general election and be otherwise oh. eligible to vote. I didn't really have much of an opinion. Like I was going over it and I was like, I don't, I don't care. So, I, I mean, our joke was, is she, she's like, why would I want a 17 year old to vote? They get to vote in six months. Like what big difference does it make? And I go, well, you know, if a 17 year old votes, what are 90% of 17 year olds going to vote for in the state of California, a Democrat or a Republican? Are they going to vote liberally or conservatively? Um, and my assumption is, and I could be wrong here, is that they would vote liberally. So again, I feel like this is a way to just strengthen our... California's liberal appearance um, and democratic leaning appearance, but I could be wrong. But anyways, the but wouldn't the ratio stay the same though? What I mean, do you, mean? you would have to assume. You, well, you'd have to assume that each and every generation that is coming out of California is much more liberal than their parents, or like, like, or there'd have to be some sort of transformation. Wouldn't the ratios just basically stay the same? So you'd add. You would presumably add more liberals 
but you would also be uh, adding potential Republican voters. So I would think that the mix would I, stay the same. Oh, I think the ratio definitely changes. I think that— You think uh, it would? And why would California need more of a voter turnout to support Democrats when Democrats win all day long? I absolutely have no idea. But I do think the ratio's uh, a bit off, as far as I would say. I would say that— um, It could be. Who, who was it that said, uh, if you're not a liberal at heart— uh, when you're young, you or if you're not a liberal when you're young, you got no heart. But if you're not a conservative when you're an adult, you got no brain. Do you remember yeah, that I saying? Think it, I think it might have been right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, if so, you're not a liberal when you're uh, a kid, you have no soul. Right. If and you're not a conservative, you have no brain. So I think people change over time, and I definitely think adults become more conservative because a we become a little bit bitter. B, we get some perspective and C, um, you know, we've just seen things happen a little bit longer and we go, oh, like, you know, I remember being a kid and being like, you know, in the car with my dad and being like, dad, you know, what's up with the homeless people? I must've been like five years old. And he's like, well, they don't have any money and you know, they got problems and this and that. I'm like, but how come nobody helps them? And he's like, well, people try, but they don't want help. And I'm like, but but why doesn't the government just help him and give him money? <laughs> he goes, hey, I'll never forget yeah. it. He, he turns around to me in the car and he goes, you know, Bob, the government doesn't fucking care about anybody. And he, and he just like, he looks me in the eye and he says that like, government doesn't fucking care. And he just, he turns <laughs> back around. He into a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were just sitting in the Vaughn's parking lot and then it was just dead silent. And I was just like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, what? no, people don't like, care. Thanks, dad. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, and he's given me a few spiels throughout my life where he's just like, you know, all they're trying to do is get their own money and do this and that. So, I mean, I have my well, own biases. Yeah. Um, well, we all do. Yeah. But, uh, at any rate, I mean, like where I was going with that is I'm like this young liberal idealist, like, well, why don't we just help everybody type of thing? And when I was young, I was always very much like, you know, increase funding for schools and increase that and increase this. But you get older. I mean, you know, that was when I'm 17. I'm double that age now. And I voted so many times. I'm like, no one's fucking doing it. I voted on this. It passed and it never happened. Like, I'm tired yeah. of increasing my taxes for things that don't happen. It's Well, there's ideology and then ideology meets reality as you get older because you gain more perspective and you realize that like things aren't just as simple. It's like, oh, we'll raise this. Like I was reading, there's a, I think a bond proposal in here. Oh, no, no, sorry. It was a, to change the tax situation on uh, real estate property. Uh-huh. Yep. Inher- inherited raise, property, correct? Inherited. Oh, was it inherited? I, I'm still reading through all of it. But there's there's a few the different, I think there's two different ones. One's on commercial and one's on residential. Yeah. And the money's supposed to go, it's supposed to, you know, so it'll be higher taxes and the money's supposed to go to schools and everything. But like we've discussed before, so, yeah, that we is, don't know where that the money's is, going. Yeah, and if the schools are doing so shitty, like, is it necessarily just the money itself or is there a problem? Right, exactly. Yeah, so, like, we're not talking about fixing anything. We're just, you know, it's just a matter of, like, oh, we'll just raise more funds. Some of the funds will get there. The rest of it will, you know, go to some other bankrupt whatever. I don't know. So this was Prop 15, and it increases taxes on commercial properties worth more than $3 million. So it wouldn't tax the small guys necessarily. It would tax the bigger guys in commercial real estate, not residential, meaning all businesses. And and so, and then all that's going to go to school. But yeah, with what you're saying, it's like, 
are the taxes a problem in our school district? Is it really just that we don't have enough money? Or like, is money going to solve all the problems that we have? Like, I don't think well, it is. Well, I don't think it's a matter of money. I mean, you look at uh, where we grew up in Acton. There's a lot of good people and a lot of good parents that are trying to do well for their kids and everything. So they want better schools. Yeah, your mom was one of them. Yeah, my mom was on one of the board board members and all that kind of stuff. And there was a uh, God, I can't remember how it all came about, but there was the Acton Elementary School, and it was our old elementary school. It's been there since God. It's probably has been there since like the twenties or thirties. I mean, it's it's an old. School. Yeah, I remember it was like nineteen twenty three. My uncle went there when he was a kid, and he was born in okay. the early fifties. Um, but yeah. I think okay, it was so like nineteen twenty three. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been there forever. And then they got the idea that that they needed to expand, so they wanted to build another what was it? The, another middle school metal arc, and then they built a junior high, and then we had a high school. Yeah. And the problem was is that they didn't account for there being a change in student population. It's just like almost like the housing market, like oh, it'll just keep going up; it'll never change. So they you assume that the population's only going to grow, and then all of a sudden there's not as many kids there, so they had to end up shutting down the old. Uh, elementary school from 1923. They had to shut that down, conserve resources, and put them towards the newer schools that they built. So they still had a bunch of overhead, but they weren't able to, you know, necessarily cover all of that because they didn't have the students enrolled in the school. Well, so it's and they still own the school. Problem. They only use part of it now. They used it, then they rented it out as a charter school to the yep. city of Santa Clarita, and yeah, they've they've done so much wacky shit up there with that, but um. I mean, That's the problem with government in general is that it's not their money. Like you look, you know, like we talked about corporations and stuff and, and people will wonder like, why, God, why are like business people so ruthless and everything sometimes? And it's because it's their shit. Right. <laughs> like it's their, it's their money. Like, right. you know, and sometimes that can cross over into greed. But I think being, uh, you know, very careful in terms of risk and everything is important. And sometimes when you are just a community member and you don't necessarily have a you're going off a of public opinion and you don't necessarily have a, a, a business background per se or urban planning background. And so you overextend yourself. And then when times get rough, we all of a sudden don't have the funds. We right. have all of these schools that we supposedly planned for, but now the tax base isn't enough to take care of that. Like it's just, you know, and people are already leaving California. So that's one that, uh, I'm likely to vote no on. Uh, there's another one that we were talking about. For, uh, wait, Prop prior. 15, you're likely to vote no on, which would increase um, taxes on prop on commercial properties over $3 million, industrial. correct? In industrial properties. Com yeah. Commercial properties, uh, which would include yeah, industrial, just, yeah. Because they're not fixing the problems uh, with the, the schools themselves. Like I said, the schools that we went to, uh, we lived in a uh, middle class type of an area and everything. There were shortfalls within the schooling system even there. And I think it requires reform and probably more importantly, uh, local reform. And, yeah. just, and then basically just once the local community kind of refor reforms, at least have the backing of the state if sure. necessary at that point. But not this where it's just like, so we need more money now. <laughs> Give it to us. Like, let's, um, let's shift focus really quick. And not that these are important, but I want to like, or as important as, as some of the other ones on there. Um, 
but uh, I do want to just talk about them because they came up and they were slightly confusing and there's a lot of thoughts on, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> on them. Um, Prop 21 expands local government's authority to enact rent control on residential properties um, over 15 years old. And then there's another one. Uh, I forget exactly which proposition this was. Let's see. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to find it really quick. I know there's not a million pro uh, props, but there is a prop about uh, about people inheriting uh, homes from their caregivers who have passed away. Do you remember that one? No, that must be in the later propositions. And like I said, I wasn't able to get through all of them. Um, I mean, I'm still in the process of voting right now, but I got, uh, let's see... Yeah, I got up to, I was hemming and hawing on Proposition 17. So I still have to look at the other one. So let's go over, I mean, unless you... Uh, Here it is. It was Prop 19. I just, I want to talk about these really quick. It was Prop 19. Okay. <laughs> so Prop 19 uh, allows homeowners who are over 55, disabled, um, or... Uh, have had a wildfire disaster uh, happen to them to transfer their primary residence tax base uh, to replacement residence and the changes in taxation of family property uh, transfers. So essentially what that means is it says that a yes vote on this means that all homeowners who are over 55 would be eligible for property tax savings when they move on inherited prop only inherited properties used as primary homes or farms would be eligible for savings on the property tax savings. A no vote on this means that some homeowners who are over the age 55 would continue to be eligible. All inherited properties would continue to be eligible for property tax savings. So then they go into um, some pros and cons on this. And if I'm not mistaken, when they're talking about inherited properties, what they're looking at is that... Um, when you pass down your house to somebody else, so say I pass away and it goes to my kid, um, my understanding, I, th I believe it was with this prop, is that um, when it goes to my kid, my kid will pay the same property taxes as me on my house that I was paying. And so... I sort of took oh, a little bit of issue okay. with this. My thought was, as I was going through this, is that, you know, it's the house you. that you I- You get to live in this mansion and pay 19, 13 taxes? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm dead serious. The so, the, no, lady, true. Yeah. the lady I used to rent from, she lived in Hermosa Beach, and she owned seven houses, or seven properties, I should say, with multiple houses on each. Mm. Now- in Hermosa Beach, uh, where I lived, or Redondo Beach, where I lived, she lived in Hermosa, um, our yeah. rent was about 2000 a month, and the other house on there was about 2300 a month, so 4300 a month on a house that they purchased back in the 70s. Now, what I think is unfair about that is if she passes away, which she's old and she will soon, that will go to her children, who will then continue to pay, oh, I don't know, $500 a year. It's not going to be that much. Let's say 800 bucks or a thousand bucks a year on property taxes. Yeah. But yeah. I bought a house in the community over a shittier community over and I pay $8,000 a year. 
and those yeah. property taxes, and their kids are yeah. going to just take that house and rent it out to other people and make fuck tons of money. Meanwhile, I'm the one paying for the schools, and well, they're just raking yeah, in all yeah. the extra income. So they're ruining the roads. They're they're not, and they're not. Pay, they're ruining the roads. They're using sewer systems. They're using, you know, electricity transmission lines and all that kind of stuff. And they're not paying a damn thing in today's money because they're yes. riding the coattails of so, their parents. So okay, I, if that's the case in this, and I haven't read that, then. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, Cody and I were talking about this, actually, and he was mentioning this a while back. And yeah, I think that's completely ridiculous. I, I think that uh, that the parents still have the right to pass it down, but there's a thing called creative destruction. Like if, if your kids aren't able to pay for that, they just sell the property and get out of it, right? And they still end like, up with a fuck ton of money a because if it's a money. property that exactly. you're selling, now exactly. maybe there could be a hole in it where it's like, if the individual doesn't own another house and the house isn't able to be sold off because it's been refinanced or whatever, then the individual could do it, right? Like I would totally mm -hmm. be okay if the stipulation on it was, I'm passing it down to my child who doesn't have a lot. We all worked our whole lives to pay for this fucking house. And now they don't have a whole lot and you're going to reassess it and charge them up the ass and they're going to have to sell it and move where when their job yeah. is here. But like, how often is that happening? I think more mm. often I'm hearing about things where it's like, I work with this girl and she's like, oh yeah, well, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff because my family died and my grandpa owned like 13 buildings around Long Beach and um, the family's splitting them up right now and we're going through this and that and like, like 13 buildings, that's a lot. Like it all went to the kids. Like, no, some of them went to us and me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait, you now own a building in Long Beach where people live? Like, yeah, and I have rent coming in and blah, blah. I'm like, and like, is that like money? And it's like, well, we still owe on it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but are you making money off of it? And it's like, yeah. I'm like, a decent amount. And they're like, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, okay. Yeah. So now the whole family is just sort of set up and like, all I'm saying is that's fine, but yes. pay your fair share of taxes with everybody else. Exactly. Don't fucking because pass it off onto the new yeah. home buyers. That's well, all. Because you ruin the, well, yeah, because you end up ruining uh, neighboring homes and property values and everything. Because, you know, it's just, you're getting the extra wear and tear from the house, but it's not adjusted for today's money. Bingo. So all you, the wear you, and tear. You nailed it because it, that's even what I said to Sarah. I'm like, look, if they if that family ends up having to sell it, and yeah. and now they can't rent it out, but people can only afford to rent, they can't afford to buy. All the home values are going to deflate probably to a closer original value. They're not going to sell for as expensive because a lot of people, it's not that they can't afford putting out three thousand dollars a month to a mortgage it's that they don't have the money to put down on that mortgage right yeah. so sarah and i we lived there and we were paying two thousand dollars a month for four years we just didn't have 20 percent saved up to put down on a house and now we pay a mortgage that is well we're doing a 20-year mortgage so it's three thousand but if we went to a 30-year it would be two thousand bucks a month exactly the same people go well why didn't you do that four years ago you could have saved so much money like but we didn't have the money saved up to do it. And so yeah. if those people then couldn't afford to pay those taxes or do whatever and they have to sell, that might help. Now, look, I'm not an expert on this shit. This is just my thought process of it. So I also don't want well, to sit up here. it's common sense. It's common sense. If the local, if the local uh, water storage well 
is decrepit and it's leaking uh, harmful minerals into the water supply line, it's going to cost a shit ton of money. But 10,000 of your residents are legacy residents that pay taxes that were uh, at a rate that the original homeowner paid uh, when they bought the place in the 1940s, you're never going to have the money in order to maintain those communities. Yep. So unless you want it to just all of a sudden go private, and then in that case, you know, those homeowners are going to have to pay for it somehow. Yeah. And that's that's why that's that's what drives me nuts about politics and everything is that is, there's just no common sense in terms of, you know, OK, great. So the kids are living in this beautiful home that was left for them that they you know are paying little taxes in. But then 40 years from now, the entire area goes through a bank bankruptcy process, let's say, because they can't pay their bills anymore. Right. You know, right. It's just, yeah, I think that's just r ridiculous. But but the thing is, is, uh, you know, if that's the case on this, I'll, I will read it. But if it's if voting yes says that it will be taxed and it's according to everything you're saying, like, I would uh, I would vote yes on that because that just makes common sense to me. And I'm, I'm not, it's not like I'm in favor of taxing property like crazy and all that. But you're right. All, you should. all it is. So listen, it's local governments would gain tens of millions of dollars in property tax revenue per year probably growing uh, to a few hundred million dollars per year. Schools would receive similar tax gains. Now, look, I don't give a shit about uh, local governments getting more money or schools giving more money, as heartless as that sounds. What I care about, though, is that now my taxes might not have to be as high. Now they don't have to take as much from me because they're taking well, from other too. people yeah. more equally. Yeah. That's really that's what true. I care about. I don't care that it's going yeah. more to that. And so it says... Um, Arguments, uh, the pros. Uh, Pro-19 limits taxes on seniors, severely disabled homeowners, and wildfire victims. It closes unfair tax loopholes used by wealthy out-of-state investors. Okay. Um, and then Proposition 19, uh, the con is... Uh, a billion dollar tax increase on families. It takes away one of the best tools uh, parents have to help their children. The right enshrined in the California's constitution since 1986 to pass their home and property on without an increase in property taxes. So that's the con. That's what argue. It's funny because as Sarah and I were going through this yesterday, we're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? I don't know how to think about this. And then we got to the con and it says to help uh, the right enshrined in California's constitution to pass their home and property onto their children without any increases in taxes. And when it said that, even though they're saying vote against it, I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to vote for that. So the con <laughs> helped me clarify the, the people who are against it. And that's what they're yeah. saying helped me clarify. And look, I'm not, I'm not against people being able to pass stuff onto their children. What I'm against is uh, huge discrepancies. Is welfare. welfare for someone that's living in a beautiful, amazing house well, yeah. and not paying their fair share. It's welfare. And that's what's so interesting because the ones that are against this, I guarantee you, are Republicans. And they're the ones that are always <laughs> against the welfare state. And yet they want all of the other marginal you know, uh, the people that own that didn't have homes passed down to them, they have to pay uh, the higher modern rate. Right. And yet the this legacy that inherited a property doesn't have to pay their fair share. So they're they they are living off of the taxes and the welfare of the other citizens that are paying. It's their funny fair because share. someone was uh, arguing with me a little bit about um Trump and how he's decreased taxes. And I'm like, look, so 
So Trump has not decreased taxes. Trump decreased the tax ceiling and he decreased some taxes, but he did so many tax cuts that if you look at his revenue, the trajectory is identical to Obama's tax collection revenue. In other words, if you look at Obama's history in 2000, let's just say 12, and I'm going to make up a number here, it was, uh, you know, 3.2 trillion was collected uh, in 2012 in taxes, and then it goes to 3.3, 3.4, 3.5, 3.6, and then Obama or Trump gets in office, and then it's 3.7, 3.8, 3.9. It just continued to increase at the exact same rate that it was before, and yeah. you know they're trying to say, oh, you know, Trump's for cutting taxes and this and that, and I'm like, I I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Well, he just like there might be an alternative to that, like a, a possible one. You know, maybe he could say like, well, we, you know, we increased the amount of jobs in our economy. So we actually had a higher tax base, which is why the tax numbers went up, even though there was a, a tax cut. But, but would, I would, that, look at would it, that be that significant? Because if you look at the unemployment rates and the number of jobs here in America that are doing, uh, it's, again, the same trajectory as Obama. Like and I'm not I'm well, not saying that this is a slight against yeah. Trump at all. I'm, I'm, or I mean, rather what I'm saying is that for both sides who's arguing, Oh, this is better. That's better. Trump They're has the continued same. the same unemployment trajectory no, and the I'm same saying. tax trajectory yeah. as Obama yeah. did. There's not a no, difference. Right. The difference it, might it, be it, where the jobs are or who's getting taxed. But in the end, the grand scheme looks identical. The difference between the two is what they yap about. That's it. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, who do we tax more? Fast. I mean, I mean, well, coming, well, exactly, exactly. I mean, who who I should say, this tax can't... come from? The poor people or the rich people? That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, and they end up doing the same exact thing. They and that that's exactly what what Trump has done. I mean, obviously, Trump and Obama are vastly different human beings and have vastly totally, different approaches totally. to to government. But the outcome is the same. Trump yep. supposedly cut taxes, but he added six trillion dollars to the debt. Who yeah. the fuck's going to pay for that? Yeah. Like how do you how do you pay for that without taxing your own citizens in the future? Okay. Like like all this common sense shit that we're talking about. Like if you add six trillion to the debt, like it has to be paid down somehow. So and let's, we're not we're running a deficit. Let's bring this back to the one that I really read a lot about, which was Prop fourteen. By far, Stem probably cell. the least interesting of these. But you know what I think is interesting, and what I thought about last night as I'm going through these is some of these less interesting ones are really important to get to know. Like the ones that are more interesting that people are more up in arms about and arguing about and saying this is a critical one are the things that are easy to talk about and easy to understand. But I found 14 being really interesting in listening to people talk about it. I found it to be really interesting. So Prop 14 authorizes a 5.5 billion state bonds for stem cell research and other medical research, including training, research faculty or sorry research facility construction and administrative costs it dedicates 1.5 billion to brain related diseases appropriates general fund monies for repayment now <clears throat> look um we apparently so if you just look at the quick reference guide you don't get the history of it and so this is the one where i went and actually read the whole bill and i will hopefully do that with all of these by the time i vote um but uh we're authorizing a 5.5 billion sale of state bonds, and then we will buy those bonds back over the next 30 years. And when you go and you read, we're actually not spending 5.5 billion. We're spending an additional 2.3 billion 
in paying that money back. So in total, we're going to spend $7.8 billion, approximately 50% more than what it says. Um, yeah, because you're paying interest on the bond. Yeah, when you get there. I guess actually I see it right here. It says it in the con. Now, back in 2004, they, they passed an initial um, uh, bond for the same thing that we're voting on now. So if you go back to the actual... Um, the reference guide itself, uh, what it says is that in 2004, we funded something like $3 billion over 15 years um, for this institute. It's like the Medical Institute of Stem Cell Research or something like that. Um, uh-huh. and, and so they created this, and over the past 15 years, they've spent $3 billion um, funding something like 50 employees, and they, they helped fund over 3,000, or around 3,000, I think they say 20, 2,900 uh, research projects. They got over 90 patents or something in the books. Um, when you look at how much money that they've made off of treatments and then given back to the state of California, because the state of California, because we're funding it, we get a cut of those. It only started happening three years ago because it takes a long time for the FDA to approve things, um, for it to go from you know a clinical trial to actually an FDA-approved procedure to where it gets licensed and now we can charge money for that. And I don't know exactly how much the state of California takes percentage-wise per treatment, but we've only seen in three years $350,000 in returns. Now, that's not a lot. And of course, that could go up, 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 up exponentially um, as the years go on and more things get approved. Well, and how do, how do you measure a return? Is the government well, so look, getting the, or just a new technology? Like, how do they qualify that? Like, how do they? I, you I know, you I, I think it's just did something from this money uh lead to a discovery or a treatment or a yeah. cure that that was then licensed or patented and is now being used and okay. how do we take a scoop of that and you know I think every like it's a lot of nonprofits who are receiving this uh, money yeah. and when you work for nonprofits um, like I think everyone's pretty generally open like it's not these money hungry places a lot of it's students helping doctors do shit um, well, it's a that's ton the of thing. that's that's why I was like, like seeing if there were like any religious connotations, like in the negative side with this. No, I don't see anything so, just generally because I think most people would just, if you're not against it because of the amount of money spent, you're you're going to be against stem cell research because it's you know satanic or whatever. And well, here's blah, 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 really blah, blah. my big question for you, Paul, and here's what I want to flush out. Is $7.8 billion a lot of money over 30 years? Is that worth being a big deal? Because to me, I'm like, look, that's not a lot. If you if you say there's 30 million people in the state of California, and if you say uh, two-thirds of those are taxpayers, then you've got 20, uh, roughly 20 million people. And then if you divide that into $7.8 billion, you're looking at like less than $500 per person over the next 30 years. Yeah. That's not a lot of money for stem cell research. But the question becomes two things. Is it my job to pay for that? Like, should I force every taxpayer in the state of California to do that? Or if I think it's important, shouldn't that be my prerogative then to just donate to something like that? Uh, and this is a question that I really think I, I kind of want to hammer out because I hear people argue both sides of this. And I'm inclined to say... 
I shouldn't force you to pay for that if if you don't want to. But other people say, but it's a good thing that our government should be doing. I sort of think that's an overstep of our government. I think that private people are already funding those types of things. We already see federal funding for stuff like this. Like, why does the state of California have to make each individual citizen pay extra on that? And here's the thing for Mm. me. The, the argument is, I heard Sarah talking to one of her coworkers, and her coworkers go, it's really not that much money, though. And it's like, yeah, but how many thousands of things of that have passed to where now our taxes are a lot of money? Okay? Well, yeah, it all adds up. Yeah, it's it, a drop yeah. in the bucket until the bucket's full. Exactly. And it's, our, yes, and our it's bucket's just fucking a, full. <laughs> it's so fucking that's full. That's exactly hey, We're spending so much money, like even on a federal level. Like it's so crazy. Yes. We're arguing about like dumb shit, and yet we're spending out of our ears. And so, look, I, I mean, from my perspective, I'm not against it, and it might even be something I would be for, but I don't know what all the other drops in the bucket are. I wouldn't I'm know how no. to find that, and I wouldn't know how to get get rid of of those other drops or undo those drops and so while it might not be a big bucket like you said it's overflowing and so yeah yeah, that's where I'm at too I'm voting no and it's like I do love science and I do want things like that to advance however I don't necessarily know if it's my job as a taxpayer to pay for it if anything and if you're listening to this and going but it's super important then take out your checkbook and send them a check for 20 bucks man and tell all your friends to do it because I do that for Wikipedia every year every year I donate to Wikipedia when they ask because I think that's important and every year there are a few other small organizations that I donate to when they ask or when I see they're having fundraisers because I think those things are important and I think I should fund them but I don't want to force every other citizen to pay for Wikipedia. I think that is a overreach of government and I don't think they need to be involved. I think we're adding an extra person to be in the middle. Yeah. So I don't know. I I mean, it sounds like you're in complete agreement. No, that's really, it's a tough one. I'm honestly thinking about the policy behind encouraging spending money in uh, issuing bonds for something like stem cell research. Because I'm, I'm just thinking in my mind, like sometimes there's not always a an obvious profit motive to anything, mm-hmm. um, right? Like even we tend to, to stumble upon discoveries because we're geeking out on something else or we're just curious about something and then, you know, something happens. And there is something to even like, like a Google. I think they have something like Google Labs at. Uh, if you work at Google, where you you basically get certain amount of time allotted. Yeah, you to get you four hours you get a week. Use, what's that? Four hours a week. Okay, yeah, and you get to devote it to your own sort of project and everything. Uh, I think that that's really important because you stumble upon stuff that you may not have thought you would have stumbled upon. So I think. The government providing uh, money in certain situations where there isn't a profit incentive, but there's a human incentive in terms of the overarching long-term survival of society, like like with forest management, it's way I can make way more money now if I went to Sequoia and just chopped down all those motherfuckers and just wiped that that uh, wiped out all those trees and shipped them to some oligarch <laughs> in some other country for you know millions and millions of dollars. Who wouldn't love the big General Sherman tree? But in the long term, I'm going to have a bunch of hillside erosion, fires, gullies. I'm going to end up ruining the basin of Bakersfield, which will in 
turn devastate that entire uh, basin floor, which means right. I'm not going to be able to feed Californians anymore, which means that so sometimes it's good to look and invest money into areas where there's no profit incentive just so that you can I kind of ensure that those who are motivated in terms of profit are kind of doing the right thing. And then it also allows, like I said, to allow, you know, individuals to kind of geek out. But like you're saying, geeking out over $7.8 billion after we just had a COVID lockdown. No, 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 no. I'm going to vote no on this this time around because I think we need to see what our health as a state looks like financially after we felt the impact of COVID in the next presidential election. And then we can talk about this stuff because I think that stem cell research, stem cell research is incredibly important. So important that President Trump took a product called Regeneron, which uh, which was the result of a stem cell line that originated uh, from a human embryo. I think it was an embryo in or fetus rather in uh, the 1970s. So remember how I told you it's always the gun to the head test? Like you always say, oh, I would never, like we shouldn't use stem cell research. It's horrible. And even Trump, you know, talking about Christianity and all that. But when your life is on the line and the doctors and the medical experts are saying, Mr. President, I'm sorry, hydroxychloroquine isn't going to work. We're going to need, we're going to, we would like you to take this experimental drug called Regeneron, but it comes from the stem cell I don't get why he didn't say, no, 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 no. Trust me, hydroxychloroquine works. Give me that instead. I don't get why he didn't do that because I know it's shocking, huh? It's so he was so confident before, and everybody else was also so confident who was a a big supporter of him. And now I haven't heard a peep out of anybody for the last two weeks about that. It's very weird. Very strange. Yeah, Yeah, they should open up an investigation. (laughs) Absolutely. No, they should have given that motherfucker hydroxychloroquine and said. Let's see how this goes, baby. This oh, no, nice. I love it when this shit happens. It's the same thing. Like, look, if you look back at like medical history back in the day, uh, Christians were flipping out about open heart surgery because it was barbaric. They thought you're playing God. Yeah. Like God, God gave you a plan. If you're going to, if you're supposed to be set up for a heart attack, you're supposed to let that happen. You're not supposed to intervene. And then all of a sudden people started living longer after getting bypass surgery and everything. And then guess what the Christians did yeah. once their life was on the line and they needed surgery? Well, the, the, the hand of God is working through the doctor, which allows the patient to... <laughs> it's the same thing with the Regeneron. It's like, well, stem cell research is an abomination, but it's fucking saved my life. So in this instance, I think yeah. it's good. But, you know, and that's what I, I think. I think most people on most topics are typically full of shit. They just love to get that hug from all the people that think just like them. And it's on the left and the right. Well, sort of including ourselves. I mean, like, you know, we're we're talking shit about like, oh, absolutely. You know, people who are getting advantages. And then like, if I were to inherit that house, I'd be like, motherfucker. Like they're always trying to increase taxes and take it from me. Like, because now it applies to me. I I would be pissed that they want to reevaluate my parents' property tax. I'm like, uh, come on, man. I'm the middle guy. I don't own multiple homes. I own one. And now this is being passed down to my sister and I. We're going to rent it out and like fucking, you know, get a little upgrade so that we don't have to live in Gardena. We can move somewhere a bit nicer, you know? So 
I definitely see that side of it, but unfortunately, if my parents pass away and leave us their house and we decide to rent it out, we are going to have to, if this passes, deal with the higher taxes and I'm just going to have to sort of reap what I sow. And and you know what? But I just think that's more fair. Um, but, but, but Bob, it, it's the reasonable, it's the reasonable thing to do if, if, if in the long term the town will fail because the cost of goods are going up. So therefore the cost of maintenance is going up and you're going to have to, you know, exchange water tanks and piping and all that kind of stuff. If you don't have the money to take care of that in the future, because you're not paying your taxes now after you inherited a house, I don't think that that's reasonable because it's destructive sure. to society yeah. and we have to inner work and work together. And the thing is, is that that's why I wish we had politicians in place that would do the hard thing. Like, like, you know, people may die because I'm going to vote no on this stem cell research thing. But then I'm looking at the future and if, if California and the nation as a whole suffers tremendously because of the COVID lockdown, let's say we have a financial collapse and we've already sent out $7.8 billion. Right. Well, then how many people die? Right. So it's all you know, just a matter of balancing. You just so have I to don't like get think, what, you know. I don't get what's with this bond money shit. Like, why can't any of the laws, and maybe they do, maybe <clears> there <throat> are, are bills that are passed or propositions that are passed, but why can't it be like um, each taxpayer uh, for the next 30 years uh, puts in $5, and then once it reaches $5.5 billion, we're going to give that to stem cell research. So we're not spending bonds and spending extra money. Like, do things like that ever happen as a proposition, and do they pass? Or is it always, 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 always bonds or, or borrowing? Well, the, the problem is, is that, I mean, I guess if you're paying $5 at a time and then you wait until you got to $7.8 billion, the time value of money would cause that $7.8 billion to not, or I guess rather be in that case, it'd be the $5.8 billion or whatever. Uh, I think depending on how long it took to raise that sort of revenue, you know, you could eventually lose the value I mean, of the money itself I, at the end. And yeah, I think it's going to take quicker. So it's going to take... Uh, I mean, think about it like when you're buying a home or thinking about interest, okay? So if in 30 years we will have paid $7.8 billion, but our goal is to give them 5.5, if, yeah. and that's going to take 30 years, well, you could say, okay, so if we're putting away however much it costs to get to $7.8 billion, but all we really want is 5.5, if we just put that money in now, it's not going to take 30 years, it's going to take 20 years right? Because we're paying 50% more. However, if we invest that money and money grows uh, at, you know, a certain rate, it actually might only take 10 to 15 years to get yeah. to that 5.5 billion that we want to give them. Or if we do it 20 years, we'll have more than $7.8 billion. We'll have even more money to give them. What I'm saying is all these things always seem like they're costing us more because we want it now and we're not we're not wording propositions in such a way that we're going to save and invest this money to be pulled out at a future time. You're telling me, Paul, that you think in in 20 years all that there is to be known about stem cells will be will have been discovered like no, it's let's yeah, set it aside yeah. now and put it in a fund if we agree to do that, that yeah. we won't then owe on that will be worth more because it's it's costing us not double, but it's costing us 50% more than it should because we want it now, not then. And it's like, if you look in the grand scheme of things in history, like we're just a small blip in the radar. Let's let's. But in that case, you're going to be raising taxes though, right? Because I mean, if you have to... 
like yeah but the choice okay. is to buy a bond like you buy a bond you how do you pay for that bond in, do you pay for it with taxes like it's yeah i, yeah. I, yeah, I so I when people saying. say you know people say not a bond like okay but the bonds are paid for from the general funds and general funds are come from taxes yeah. so if you're yeah, gonna buy that saying. bond taxes will have to be raised to pay for that because the government just doesn't go, well, we're not going to pay ourselves this year, I guess, to pay for that. No, they're not going to do that. They need to get paid, yeah. so taxes are just going to go up. We'll just increase sales taxes. It's got to come from somewhere, or we'll just borrow more. I mean, yeah. I just we're so far in debt; it it, it boggles my mind. Well, you know, that's the thing is that you and I, like you know, we I think talk a lot of times is is liberals, and like I was just thinking just now, like I feel bad because I, I feel like like I joke around with Christians so much, but I joke around with like all different types of you know individuals and everything but you and i i think right now are sounding more like conservatives and i think this is kind of the larger (laughs) i think this is well i think this is the larger portion of america like we think that everyone is just on this left or this right you and i tend to be socially liberal we're just like yeah let your freak flag fly do whatever you want just as as long as you're not inhibiting someone else from pursuing their version of happiness yeah and then but at the same exact time we also look at like you know our like just reasonable in terms of spending money and uh, as a government even just as individuals like we won't just go out and rack, rack up a bunch of credit card debt you know and exactly. just spend at a, a at a deficit when we don't have anything in the chamber in the future that is going to be able to pay that down but and it's stem cells paul just throw it on the credit card it's not that much in the grand yeah. scheme of how much you already spent today it's not and that it much is. and there's it's this so way important. of thinking where it's just like yeah well it's not that much and we're already spending a lot so we might as well do it and sarah and i did that with our house and there are no regrets about that but you can't do that all the time and you can't yeah you can't do that in politics because it becomes well, especially with the, the health of the nation or the health of the state Yes. You know, I think that's really important because we're talking about uh, the collective safety and general welfare of the citizens as a whole. So you deciding to purchase your house and do all that kind of stuff, like those are individual choices that you're making. But now we're talking about, you know, uh, the choices that government is making on behalf of an entire population right. or voters making on behalf of other voters that exactly. disagree. Exactly. Um, yeah. So. so let me ask you this. Uh, because one of the things that I considered with this is like, so I love that when I was reading through the actual, the actual write-up of the bill, it gave me the previous bill and the history of it and why I'm, we're, we're re-upping this because it doesn't give you that in like the, the brief overview of it. And then I, and it dawns on me, I go, I wish I knew about, a, like, I wish there was a website I could go to that gives me the last 50 years of California propositions, how they turned out, what ones we're still paying for, what ones are, have have finished, what the benefits were, what the repercussions were. Like, we, we as citizens aren't informed on the no, history of yeah. politics. And so I want to go back to the joke because Sarah, I didn't, I didn't really talk about it, but the joke was, you know, it was talking about allowing 17 year olds to vote. And I was talking about sort of the reasons why we did it. But the joke was, you know, to Sarah, I turned to her and I go, 
look, if I'm, she's like, well, do you think 17 year olds should be able to vote? And I'm like, if I'm being honest, I don't think anyone except for males between the age, <laughs> white males between the age of 30 and 50 years old should be able to joke. <laughs> and, males. and, and she started laughing and I'm like, no, seriously though, I just think people between the ages of 20 and or 30 and 50. And she's like, she's like, well, why, why that? I, I guess I get what you're saying. And I'm like, People who are over the age of 50, like they're hard. They don't give a shit anymore. They've given up. There's like no hope in anything. <laughs> they're hard and they're just like, you just don't get it. This is just the way it is. <laughs> Fucking deal with it. Other people who are older are going to die. And the people who are before the age of 30, there's just not enough experience. Like I was saying, when I was 17, I'd vote for shit. And, you know, I, I didn't know the history of it. I was so young that like I couldn't look I didn't observe politics when I was 12 so I didn't know what happened mm. when I was 12 and now I'm 17 just four years later like you probably should be 22 before you can vote and they should well, probably make you pay attention to that shit once you're 18 so by the time you get to 22 go how did the last four years go were you paying attention okay now go make a vote because when you're 17 did you really or 18 did you really pay attention since the time you were 14 or were you just fucking jerking off and looking at porn on the internet and trolling people and doing other shit and trying to look cool in front of your friends you weren't paying attention hey, to politics you had a busy childhood <laughs> so I, I mean look quite the multitasker I, look I, I mean well let me ask you a question real quick just before because I, I'm sure. curious uh, do you know any voters that are what would you say the, the cutoff age 21 is the starting age? Uh, I said if you're between 30 and 50. I just threw out an arbitrary oh, 30 and 50. number. Okay, you're just throwing that out there. Do you know any anyone between the age of 30 and 50 that votes now the way that you voted when you were younger? Do I know anybody who is between the age of 30 and 50, let's say they're 35 and they vote like 18-year-old me did? Meaning yeah. that they have no idea what they're going into doing. They're not considering any of the history of things. They're just being like, "Well, no, no, not, not even, not even that. Just like the, the outcome is the same." Meaning that, like, okay, so when I was seventeen, like they're just voting for the same person, like, or let's yeah, yeah. Just, well, no, I, I don't think I do. What I when I was eighteen. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. No, that's a lie. Yes, I probably do. When I was 18. Yeah, you think people 30 to 50 are informed. So they were in their 20s and they didn't know anything, which I would agree because, I mean, I, I didn't know anything when, when I was 20. But do you think that just because someone made it to 30 that all of a sudden they're enlightened? No. <laughs> no. But that person was probably was even dumber when they were 18. I'm not saying we're going to get rid of all idiots. Like, look. Well, no, I'm just saying that, like, the woke people right now, like, a lot of people when they're born, they're, they're, they're just like, they're like on an assembly line and they have, like, ideas shoved in their head that yeah, gets packaged. Totally. Their prefrontal cortex gets formed in their 20s. And then that assembly line stops. Like, I mean, the processing stops. So you just keep going down the assembly line. Nothing is changing. You're just that same motherfucker throughout time. Right. And that's why you get to the scenario when you get around like family members and everything. And you have the stereotypical grandpa that says stuff that's inappropriate. <laughs> it's because the motherfucker Slightly didn't bigoted. change. Yeah. yeah, he was a liberal when he was younger, but he was younger in 1930. So now he like well, no, I'm a liberal. I changes. can't tell someone to go suck a dick now. <laughs> well, well, look at look at like like the way I voted when I was younger. I was a Fox News uh, Republican. 
everything was just Republican, Republican, Republican. Sure. Do I know people today that vote you, just yeah, like you that? Yeah, you absolutely do. It, yeah, and most people. Like, it's, <laughs> it's easy to do. Like, my, and okay. I'll just, for so, an example, my ballot right now. But, Paul, okay, so here's what you've pushed me for. I'm not even saying but. You know what you've pushed me towards is when we went through this, Sarah and I, out of, what, 12 propositions, I think three of them, I was like, okay, I know what I'm voting, and the other, the other nine of them, I looked at Sarah and I'm like, I don't fucking know anything about this. And I'm reading through this and I'm trying to look up on it. And I'm trying to flip to the back of the book. Like, I feel like I'm doing more than 50% of people. Now, you might say, well, Bob, you don't think most people do it? And my answer is, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm egotistical, but no, I think most people are fucking lazy and they just look at what it says and they read a little bit and go, eh, making a choice. I'm active, actively trying to flip to the back of the book. I'm actively trying to look up, you know, different, um, People who are like paying for and against it online and seeing like who are they, what are their vested interests is. And yeah, you're not a party my, liner. My conclusion was I shouldn't be responsible for deciding 75% of the shit on here. Why are they asking me? So so if anything, Paul, when you pose that question, do I think anyone's more enlightened? The answer actually is no. If anything, if you really want to know what I think, I don't know if we should be a democracy. I don't know if people should be voting on this shit. Maybe we should well, be a democracy in some senses, but there are so many fucking things we're voting on that we shouldn't be, that we don't know anything about. Why the fuck are you asking me? Like, like well, you're like, this hey, is more of a direct democracy. This voting on propositions. Normally no, I, I know like it is. This. But what I'm saying is, is I don't know that I should be. It's like, let's get everybody together and vote if we should change the fan belt on my car. What do you think, Paul? And you're like, I don't fucking know anything about cars. Like, that's, well, that's what this is. Yeah. This yeah, yeah, is yeah. So California is unique in that way, though. Like, the voter can... You, we can directly vote. For can you these not do that in a lot of states? In what's that? Can you well, not do federal, that? Uh, oh, well, I don't know about the complete makeup of all the states. I just know primarily about California. Okay, but yeah. Well, my my point is is that's that seems like to me if we're so like I'm going back to your original question which was it's not your original question but you're like do you really think that that everybody is smarter now than when they're 18 or do I know people voting like that and I, and I go you're right Paul so really what What's I think this? is I shouldn't be voting on half of this shit if not more and neither should anybody else it's kind of stupid that someone's asking me I'll bring it back to the analogy it's like it's like let's pull everybody really quick and see if my fan belts the issue on my car and it's like why don't we ask a mechanic why the fuck do i have to vote on stem cells like i don't know about this shit isn't there a governing yeah. board and a licensure there's another one about dialysis treatments and shit like that and then it's like everybody vote on this dialysis shit i'm like i don't fucking know anybody who's on dialysis and i could see the pros and cons it's like if we make a doctor be there at all times it's going to be more expensive and so some places might have to shut down and it's going to raise you know it, they must accept their insurance but now your premium might go up and my premium might go up because they have to pay for more doctors and i'm a little bit more about freedom so i kind of want to do that but also like if in my line of work they're like yeah, you don't need a behavior analyst to oversee any of this. I'd be like, well, that's a little bit sketchy. You're probably not getting the same shit anymore. And so it's yeah. like, why are you asking me to vote to change a fan belt on a car that I know nothing about? This is stupid. Well, we're a 
democratic republic on a federal level where you're right, we would just have representatives that would put forth a bill because they're the experts and then they would all look at it. And if they needed more expertise, they're able to subpoena people, bring them into hearings, hear it out, hear different discussions, kind of, you know, uh, really pick the idea apart before passing something that's substantial. But in California, you're allowed to. uh, And if we don't like the way that person is representing us in the Senate, you go, get the fuck out of here. You're out. We're voting for yeah. somebody else. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I kind of wish maybe California was a little bit more like that in, in our propositions because like, dude, if I don't know, I don't think half the other people out there know. I mean, I, I just, I know that sounds I mean, really we bad. Know we don't really know. That's the I problem. Know. Like, I like, know. But you'll never know. Like you'll never know anything. But that's why I think it's important. Like you and I are doing. We're discussing this stuff, and then we're we're boiling it down. But how twisted not... is this shit going to get turned around? Where it's like you and I are fucking anti-American, man. We're not for democracy. Oh, could, we don't think people yeah. should be able to vote. And it's not that. It's just I. I'm not like I know that shit goes fucking south quick if you just let everybody make the decisions for you and you have no say in it. I definitely know that, okay? Yeah. I'm not an idiot. But also, like, you can't be an idiot and say, like, the public always knows best. Like, no, they don't. They definitely don't always know best. In fact, most of the time, yeah. they have no idea what the fuck's going on. They're just making a guess like you and I. There's got to be somebody out there better who can make a decision. Well, but I don't... I don't know that we're necessarily uh, well I, in in this sense, like on the propositions. I think so, but I think we're we're doing a fairly decent job of just thinking commonsensically stuff, like uh, commonsensically about the stuff, just like with the stem cell research and everything, or the property tax situation. Like we're not only thinking, okay, well, what does this do to us right now? But what are the projections in the future? Like, how is this going to affect? the the present and the future right. simultaneously like you really have to look at that stuff so we're kind of looking like it's like stem cell research i think it's a really good thing 7.8 billion dollars at a time when our state's been shut down that just sounds a little bit too rich for me so i would just tell them hey you're going to get a no this time but come back uh you know uh before us again and uh, maybe like what you said you know, throw out some more examples of when this uh, money's been utilized for medicine and uh, show us some of the benefits that we've we've gotten. And is there any way that you as the government can uh, license some of that technology to pay yourselves back rather than having the taxpayer paid back? Like, I think that is, I think all of that stuff is important, but I think when most people are going down this list, they are doing exactly what I did when I was in my 20s. And which 30 to 50 year olds still do because, I mean, you look at Fox News. I mean, I think the average age of their viewers is like 65 plus. Right. Like, you know, and they have not changed, which is why they're watching Fox News because Fox News is about tradition. We're today forever, motherfuckers. Right. We are the present. And then not forever. only are they watching Fox News, then the commercial pops up and it's like, I'm old. And when I die. <laughs> Somebody's gonna try to take my stuff from me, and you don't want <laughs> you having people yeah. start taking your stuff from you and passing it on to your kids. So I'm voting no on Proposition twenty three eighty five, and you should too. And then they go, "Well, that was stupid, but no one's gonna take my shit from me either." And it's you know, Fox News isn't gonna have pros and cons on there. I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't fucking watch TV, so I have and no then- idea. 
And then it'll be the next one is, you know, it'll be they'll kind of lighten the load a little bit. And they're like, you know, welcome to Catheter USA. It'll just be some <laughs> old, old guy on there. He's like, yeah, I've been trying to fit this tube in my Johnson and it stings until I found Catheter USA. <laughs> like all, it's just, all our catheters come pre-lubed for a low yeah, subscription no, price exactly of nineteen ninety nine. Yes. OK, so you saw the same commercials. <laughs> no, like, I haven't. I'm just making it up. It would be doomsday preppers. Yeah. It would be doomsday preppers. But then, you know, you go on to MSNBC and all that. It's the same. It's like the same echo chamber. Like, I was thinking on a hike today. This oh, is yeah. the way, like, this there, is the way that I was MSNBC or, or whatever, all the liberal shit makes it look like fucking. Yeah, uh, they're all the same. Like, it, if, if you're watching any of those channels and you, you just feel like butterflies and flutters of your heart, there's a problem with you because you're just taking in information without thinking. Yeah. Like, your heart shouldn't be fluttering like you know when i read like the huffington post and i read fox news i typically find things in both of them where i'm like you know this doesn't make any sense but this is where the problem occurs and the reason why voters vote the way they do and this is what i was thinking on my hike it's like you know you're more likely statistically to get into a car accident if you can if you're just driving within a one or two mile radius of your house right yeah because you're in autopilot right you've seen this road a million times so you're less likely to get in an accident you're you're right Oh wait, you're less. You're more likely. You Sorry, think you're, you're, more, you're more. You think yes, you're less you, likely, but like you said, your brain's on autopilot, so you're not consciously yes. making decisions. You're responding to habits. You're you're exactly. subconsciously paying attention to um, small cues in your environment while looking at your phone. You feel more comfortable, and yes. it's like the tree's coming up, so I should do this or that. But you might miss out on some of those things because you're attending less. Yeah. Or if there's a slightest deviation in your route, if a bicycle pulls out of somewhere right. where you've never exactly. seen that happen, right. boom, you hit the bicyclist. But if you're driving in a brand new city that you've never been in before, all your of eyes a are squinting. Yeah, I was just going to say, radio, yep, yep. like for no reason, like everything, you're just in that mode and you're and you're you're hyper focused and you're less likely to have an accident. And this is what the way I look at it in terms of voting. Too many Americans are driving around in their little intellectual neighborhoods, and they're increasing the likelihood that they're going to suffer an intellectual crash. They just don't know it because they've never been into another intellectual neighborhood to poke around, right? Uh Uh-huh. Basically, if you diversify your ability to obtain information by not, like I said before, not clinging to a tissue box every time you read something that it doesn't agree with your truth or whatever, like you should be able to navigate other neighborhoods of thought so that it can give Precisely. you perspective. Yes. That way, when you're traveling in your intellectual neighborhood, let's say there is that bicycle, you know, that 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 out there, you know, intellectual idea that comes out of nowhere and someone throws it upon you. Well, you've driven in the other intellectual neighborhood, so you know how to fucking counter that now. Yes. You've heard that shit. You know how to counter it. So not only does or not only that, of- let's let's look at it this way. Say that bicycle that comes out at you is something just to sucker you into like agreeing with the left automatically. Yeah. You've driven in the other neighborhood and you go, wait a minute, you're trying to fucking trick me. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't what know. I'm supposed to be thinking. Exactly. I, I'm supposed to be liberal, not just voting Democratic. Those two things aren't always the same. And yeah. we've we've tied the two things together so much that what's happened is that sometimes these little uh, conservative bicycles pop, pop out at um, liberals 
And because it's a Democrat throwing it at them, they're like, oh, whatever. We'll go with it. They don't notice it. Yeah. They don't see it. They, they, Anyways, they, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, just I liked uh, how you thing. started it. You're like, for too long, too many Americans have, have driven down their intellectual streets. I'm like waiting for it to be one of the commercials that we're talking about. I'm Paul Sexton. <laughs> Vote no on Prop yeah. 18. <laughs> Get a reverse mortgage while you're out there, okay? Um, Support Fox, support your local YMCA. So look, um, there are a whole lot of props that I thought about with you, um, or I I thought about you while going through this because I'm like, oh, Paul is, you know, studying law. He's gonna know this shit way better than I am. Uh, and so proposition 16, 17, um, proposition, uh, what was it? 20. I, I had a lot of questions as I was going through this. Oh, I don't know. 16, I voted no on, uh, that one. That, that's the diversity. So yeah, let's talk about that for a, a second because proposition 16 allows diversity as a factor in public employment, education, contracting decisions. Um, It is a legislative constitutional amendment to the Constitution of Mm -hmm. California. It permits governments, uh, it permits government decision-making policies to consider race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin in order to address diversity by repealing constitutional uh, provisions prohibiting such policies. So essentially what happened was, and maybe you can uh, tell us when the state of California did this, but at some time California said... Dear government, you may no longer make decisions based off of race, sex, color, ethnicity, because you guys are fucking bigots and you're not wanting to get people in. But now what we're saying is let's repeal that so we can get more people of color in because now we're not able to consider it. And it seems to me like a dangerous, slippery slope. Wait, because do you have a backwards? No, a yes vote on this means state and local entities could consider race color yeah okay ethnicity that they are allowed that they are allowed to think of it a yes vote means that they can go all right i'm gonna hire you just because you're a girl because just because for uh, affirmative action yes for affirmative action not for for discrimination though this this can't exceed the federal constitution so the federal constitution already allows for affirmative action california just took it upon themselves to uh, narrow it. Okay. And so now they're going to undo that so that affirmative action can be a... Stronger. Um, it can be stronger. It can be a factor. It can be a factor. Uh, but I don't think... It won't be able to be any stronger than the federal constitution permits. Okay. So you're allowed to... Um, Which is weird, right? Because factor any rights... Isn't that weird, though? Because any rights not enumerated in the U.S. Constitution are supposed to be given to the state. So does the U.S. Constitution have affirmative action within it? Well, yeah, they have the uh, equal protection clause. What is that amendment? That would be the 5th and the 14th. The 5th and the 14th of the U.S. Oh, federal right, Constitution right, right, right. is... But well, and, and, then, and then it's in conjunction with the Supremacy Clause, too, because if, if let's say, this the federal system has occupied this field because they do okay. have those constitutional amendments. So the Supremacy Clause would counteract uh, California if California was in conflict. Uh-huh. 
So okay. they can't exceed, exceed the, the federal framework under the Constitution, but they can be narrower than the federal system itself in some okay. areas. So that makes sense. I get that. Okay, so now, um, so what California wants to do is repeal that so that they can be more specific. However, it wouldn't allow them to discriminate because the federal Constitution does not allow them to discriminate based off of that. Um, in other words, like they couldn't not hire somebody because they don't like that certain person. It only allows affirmative action to be a bit stronger. Is that correct? Uh, is, repeat the last part. You it, broke up a little so bit. So a yes vote on this. What it's doing is it allows uh, affirmative action to uh, be more apparent or to be more stronger. In other words, uh, yeah. Now, to, to allow race to be a factor. So if you uh, have a workplace, I mean, it even says in the pro arguments, which is so like sh stupidly written, but I'm not emotional about it. So it's just, I mean, well, it's, 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 it's poorly written, but they're not necessarily wrong either. They basically go on about white men being over overrepresented in positions of wealth. Um, but, okay. but my feeling is, is that the problem isn't, uh, isn't, people actively discriminating. I think there's a problem with whether it's females or um, various minority groups, whatever, that are, for whatever reason, having trouble getting to that position in the first place. Having so the education think, or the requirements to be qualified yeah, for that position. Yeah, okay. and I, so, I think it needs to start a lot earlier. And I think that, that so black what if, people need more than... I agree. I agree with um, part of what you're saying. Earlier. But I think a counter-argument to this that I don't necessarily know if I agree with, because this is one of those where I looked at it and I read it and I go... I, I feel like this is saying you're racist if you do, you're racist if you don't. Um, a vote if yes means you're racist, a vote no means you're racist. Uh, that's how I felt when I read it. Now, what you're saying really helped when you said, well, it doesn't allow discrimination because it can't go beyond the scope of what the federal constitution says. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. Your expertise yeah. like adds so much to it, which like that's why I'm like, how I the hell am I doomsday. supposed to... Yeah. It won't be doomsday because okay. it's still, yeah, it can't I'm not, conflict with So the I didn't think it would be doomsday. What I was worried about is that in 30 years, if California swings the other way from where it's at right now, then it could be doomsday. Mm -hmm. That at one no, point in time that this could be used um, to, to not hire spe specific people based off of their race, color, ethnicity, sexual orientation and things like that. Well, um, it could really work against the, the system too, because, you know, the population, the demographics of, of California are changing a lot. And yeah. like you're saying with unforeseen consequences, what happens if, you know, you know, white individuals in the future may like try and use it. And my thing is that, um, I don't think it should be a consideration at all. And I don't think that, uh, federal employers, um, should should know whether or not someone is male or female. I don't think they should know what the color of their skin is. Uh, I don't think that they should identify where they live. I think the employer should just lay out the qualifications and whether or not you meet this and not have any other identification that's present. Mm -hmm. And I think that would give us a pretty good understanding as to whether or not people are actively discriminating against others. Can can I, mean, I can I just give you a quick side note, really quick? Um, I yeah. saw this headline today, and it's from uh, a year and a half ago, and it says um, 
rapper Zuby, I guess, who is a rapper from England. Uh, this happened a year and a half ago, but it's totally the uh, Macho Man Randy Savage South Park thing. Uh, briefly identifies as a female to smash your world record uh, weightlifting record and then switches back to identifying as male once he's finished. And and this was like actually a thing that happened. Um, really? Yeah, I guess it happened a year and a half ago. Uh, how the hell did you find... Wait, how did you find that? So um, I was scrolling through Instagram or something and I saw the headline and then I looked it up and I'm like, wait, is this like, is this a fake thing? And then it was from a year and a half ago and there was um, the times.uk uh, reported on it, dailymail.uk reported on it. Um, it's on uh, a Ben Shapiro interview from March uh, of last year. Um, so like... It looks like it was a thing, and I don't know if that's exactly what South Park based it off of or not, or if like South oh, Park just so I... happened to come up with it on their own. But I saw it today. Anyways, you were saying like you know I I could see like people trying to identify as this or that or blah blah blah, and, and I totally zoned out for two seconds and stopped listening to everything you were saying so I could find that really quickly. Because <laughs> wow, because I, I, I was like, how did you go on to to that? Yeah, uh, I, I tuned out because I heard you say something that made me think of that. So sorry. <laughs> no, that, that was a, a good uh, episode, too. Uh, it was a, a funny one. Um, God, I can't remember the the name on of the, uh, well, Strong Woman and then the other one that was in the competition. I can't remember her name. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the best way of going about this is that the employers just shouldn't know. If you're a government employer, like, you just shouldn't know. Okay, so what like here's you shouldn't know a name, you shouldn't know sure. ethnicity or background. Like if you get a resume in and and it's in you know, it's clearly written and you can tell what that person's done in their background and everything. Like I understand you know, I understand that. In fact, um there is uh Malcolm Gladwell, you've read some of his books, right? I'm sure I've brought him up before and we've mm. already talked about this. Yeah. Um I think it was maybe in his book Blink where he talks about how um one of the like best orchestras in the world um, in London or some shit like that uh, started having their um, tryouts blind. So the person would play behind a... Uh, oh, I think I've heard something about that. Yeah, okay, yeah because ahead. they felt like they were discriminating against women and people of color and weren't um, picking people equally. And yeah. so they're like, no, we're not. We'll fucking pick people behind the curtains. And then like... So they had tryouts and like everybody they picked after that was like, not everybody, but everybody was female white. after that. Oh, um, well, okay. I was going to say female or white. No, no, because no. They were I all was f- thinking it was going to go against what they were intending it to do. No, which, no, no. It went with what they were t- intending to do. It was when you pick blindly, you pick more fairly um, and that we all have inherited biases. And oh, we think, okay. we think okay. just because we see somebody doing something that they'll be good at it, right? Like I might see a black man rapping and give him more credit. Whereas if a white man did the same rap and I judged it, I'd be like, mm, that's not as good. Like you could like record a video of a black man and a white man and somebody different singing it than, than both of either of those guys. And because I associate maybe a black person with rapping, um, with the exception of like Eminem and Sage Francis or something, uh, that I would automatically think that that person is, you know, better than the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, like, that's kind of what they're thinking there now. So that's what you're saying. And I, uh, I agree with that. And in fact, science points us in that direction that we'll get the best results by picking blindly. Well, however, and, and just, oh, go ahead. 
No, no, I want to break up here in a row. Well, my counter argument to you is this is, but Paul, don't you think that if we help get people into these positions who are of color and different gender and minority classes and things like that, that they will serve as role models to inspire people to be good enough to be in those positions to begin with. It's sort of like a chicken or the egg situation. And you're saying, well, I think we should focus on getting them the resources. But I'm what I'm saying is, don't you think that, and this is not 100% my belief, by the way, I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate here. But don't you think if we got somebody there, it would help inspire those people to obtain those resources themselves or chase after them because they more closely identify with people like that, right? Like, no. you know, people are always like, well, uh, look at Obama. He became president. And it's like, all right, so you think some fucking kid who's grown up selling drugs and like, I don't know, yeah. Atlanta, <clears throat> Georgia goes, yeah, I could be him too. Like, I don't think they identify with him, whatever. I think they're like, yeah, great, a black man's president, but like him and I are not the same. You know, I've said this before. That's like my mom being like, well, look at George W. Bush. He was president, so you could be too. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Just because he's white? Yeah. Like, that doesn't mean shit to me. I'm not like, oh, George Bush, I love him just because, he, like, I don't know. That's such a fallacy. So, what I'm saying is, if somebody did look more like me and became uh, and was in that position, I might feel a little bit more inspired. Now, my real position is this. White Le- well, it's well, it's like if a white LeBron James walked in and said, Paul, someday you could be just like me. Would that change my life in any way? <laughs> I don't know. No, that wouldn't. I'm not going to be six foot what eight and be able to dunk. That's true. No, that's true. You're no, talking about physical limitations, though. Yeah, not not well, about you, you, not well, about. No, you're not talking about mental limitations, which are more what you're sort of saying is a matter of resources that we give to children when they're young. What if we do both? Is sort of what I'm suggesting. What if? And I say sort of what I'm suggesting because I I think your strongest motivation are your your peers. And if your peers are in a in a good school, in a good place, the parents seem to care, the community seems to care, you don't feel like you're at risk, I think those individuals uh, end up lifting you up because you have no Fair choice. Enough. I remember uh, so I think that's somebody very, examining very powerful. I remember somebody examining a study on smoking and they're like, there is a correlation between parents smoking and their children smoking, but the actual causality isn't just because your parents smoke, you smoke. It's parents who smoke are more likely to let their children hang out with delinquent children and mm. and children imitate their peers. So they're just more likely to be around peers who would smoke. They're not imitating oh, their parents. They're imitating their peers. Their parents just let them hang out with those types of peers. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. That's so the really correlation is like there. Yeah. The correlation is there, but it's not causality. The causality is I completely see. different. People yeah. who whose parents smoke aren't more likely to smoke because they grew up and watched their parents do it. It's because they watched their friends do it. Their parents just let them hang out with the bad kids. <laughs> no, that's that's actually really interesting. Yeah, and, and, it, and it makes sense when you when you think about it. And well, everything. and so they, I mean, really, I'm sort of supporting what you said right there. Look, I don't know the answer to all of these things, and. Um, you know, my my initial gut reaction on that was um, like a little knee jerky, like, oh, where it, where is this type of thing going? I want to vote no. Well, and mine the, was too. Yeah. And, and on the other are freaking hand, out. 
on the other hand, I want to vote yes, because I, I do think that we should help people. But on the other hand, I also think what you're saying, like that, I don't necessarily know that that's the good answer, but it's better than nothing on the other hand. And I go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I'd be curious to see what somebody actually of color has to think about this. So there's a really good yeah. podcast I've been listening to on NPR called Code Switch. And Code Switch is really about politics and race in America uh, by two African-American individuals, uh, two black individuals. Let me correct myself there because I don't know the origin of, uh, of their history or heritage or whatever like that. Um, but um, but I listen to it a lot because it's really fascinating and I feel like I, I get a ton of perspective and insight. And I like I listen to one, you know, where they talk about Biden and, and Kamala Harris and like, they, they're just like a, you know, typical white person thing to think that like everyone's for Kamala Harris just because she's black or everyone's for Obama. Like, like our points Which of view is, view is I, I, yes. And it's like our, our points of views are very multifaceted and some of us are for it, some against, like someone yeah. worked on the Elizabeth Warren campaign and, you know, was trying to convince their parents of this. But did you know, and they presented this in there and I might be misrepresenting this, that nine out of 10 black conservatives always vote democratic. Oh, really? Even though they're conservative, they still vote for Democrat in the primary presidential elections, I believe, because they still feel like that person better represents them, even though they are conservative and they're more concerned about those things. Yeah. They're more they concerned about religious too. Yeah. They tend religious, to be religious, conservatives. but they're yeah, still but concerned Democrat. more about racial issues or something like that. Anyways, yeah. look, yeah. my point was, I'd be curious to see what somebody of color thinks about this specific proposition just to get more information because that, that, that podcast um, isn't, you know, the end all be all for me. And now I'm always just going to do whatever these people think, but it's been really enlightening to like find a podcast that I really enjoy um, that brings just not my own perspective because that's perspective. the perspective yeah. I hear a lot is you're operating in another intellectual neighborhood. Yeah. I, I call Paul you- and I talk to you and we have a podcast, <laughs> another 35 year old white male born Two in white guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I have so another podcast Target today too. <laughs> yeah. Then I have another podcast with a 45 year old white man, uh, who also listens to punk rock. And I feel like, you know, all my friends are 35 year old white males and I can be the guy who's like, that's not true. I got one black friend that who I grew up with. And it's like, yeah, one. And it's like, yeah. that's not true. I have, you know, a few Mexican friends here and there cause it's California. Yeah. A few, but like, I mean, predominantly I'm bombarded by my own points of view. Now I will say just as, you know, a, um, a black individual, uh, black individuals as a group, their views are extremely nuanced. Like I mean, so is ours. I find myself disagreeing with middle-aged 35-year-old white men more than anybody else. Yeah. But that's also why I well, agree with the most because that is everybody around me. Yeah, and when I think it comes to Prop 16, I think that the want to vote yes, I think that would have been your your young liberal self would have voted yes for that because emotionally, on paper, it looks like the right thing. Like, yeah, we want to include more people from diverse backgrounds or of different skin colors or different sexual orientations. We want to diversify. We want to be inclusive. Like, it sounds like a great thing. But at the same exact time, do you breed resentment by putting people in positions that maybe they otherwise shouldn't be in because they don't have the background or reputation of another person that is more qualified but isn't getting the job because they don't have an innate trait? And I think the problem 
is stems with the foundations for you know uh, various individuals when they start out as children. I mean, we know that like if you look at like Compton and everything, they are severely economically disadvantaged, right. and changing you're not going to get more corporate CEOs. Like you've got to have your fucking master's degree by the time you're even going to have a chance to run a big corporation. Right. Some of these guys have PhD. So you think like changing the scales of justice at the point of entry into a CEO position is going to change these people's lives? No. Yeah. No. You're right. You're right. You've got to start by putting your, your money where your mouth is And these politicians. They keep on saying the same shit over and over and over again. Maybe instead of the seven point eight billion going to stem cell research, maybe we put it into an incubator in Compton and say, let's get these, you know, let's let's fucking like go on this shit. Yeah. Let's get all of these leaders and everything in these communities. They'll say, hey, we want someone with a backbone that's actually going to uh, carry out a plan that is logical and we'll back you. Like, let's put our money where our mouth is and let's start seeing people succeed. I mean, shit, they were enslaved and stripped of their culture and then they were told what to do for uh, a century and a half. And then we just told them, oh, you're free. Go do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean? You can't pull yourselves up? It's like, how are they supposed to gain perspective? Right. When they're worried about being shot on the way to school right. or when they're constantly being haggled by drug dealers and all this. And it's always a promise for tomorrow, always a promise for tomorrow or a proposition like this where it's like, oh, yeah, the the uh, ex-felon convict gangbanger is going to be applying for a CEO position and this is going to help. I mean, these are for people on the margins that some that did make it and are in a close position to be, you know, be in the running, let's say. But the numbers at that point are going to be so small in terms of the group that you want to get sure. in there. So you got to start early and you've got to start often and you've got to get these things under control. But it just it really takes people that just aren't politicians, now, people who give a shit. Even though you just said like, wait, we're really going to take the CEO, the person who just got out of prison and pick them as the CEO without an education. Let's go to prop 17. Well, not education, just qualified. All I care about is sure, sure, sure. I don't give a shit about if you have a degree. If I, you can run that fucker, do it. Right. Like, you right. know, like I don't care about pedigree. Okay, I see what yeah. you're saying. So when I say you don't have a education, let's change that to who doesn't have the skill set. That's what I should skill really set. Okay, yeah, education sounds. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It's you're you're right because education, education doesn't just mean in shit. terms of life. Well, education life, means somebody you know. exposed you to it, but that doesn't mean you could do it just because you were exposed to it and passed exactly. the test. Exactly. And so. that's why I always thought, like, you grow up in these these really rough neighborhoods, all right? And you've got kids that are having to fucking hustle, man. They're having to, to, <laughs> yeah. to make things happen so that they can not only take care of themselves, maybe take care of their brothers or their yep. sister or maybe their parents because their parents aren't doing shit. If you could yep. combine the fucking hustle with the perspective of like, hey, because you're in this environment, did you ever watch The Wire? Hard, you can do it. Did you ever what? watch The Wire? The Wire? No, I didn't. No. It's a TV show. I think it's supposed to take place in uh, Baltimore. Okay, and uh -huh. um, it's like a drug TV show with gangs and cops. And um, anyways, it's following one one kid around who's like that. Who's like. You know, he's dealing drugs, skipping school, um, and he's raising like nine little brothers and sisters and nobody else is there. He goes home and he sleeps on the ground and it's just the kids. He wakes up, packs some lunches and shit. And one, in one of the episodes, he's helping one of the kids with homework who's like seven or eight. And he's like, he's like, oh, I need help with my homework. And he's like, 
It's like, man, just open your book and read it. Do your do your work. And he's like, it's like, no, I need help. He's like, what is it? And he's like, okay, there's three kids who get on the bus, and um, two of them get off at one stop, and then 15 more get on, uh, then three get off at one stop. How many are left? And he's like, so solve the problem. That's what he says to the little kid. And he's like, I don't get it. And he's like, look. And then he like deals it in drugs. He's like, someone comes up, they give you five <laughs> bucks, but down. you don't got change. So you, you kick them two tabs in the back and they come like, I'm just making shit up. And he's like, how many got? Yeah. And the kid's like eight. And he's like, that's it. Write that shit down. Yeah. It's like, get yeah. out of here. And he like, you know, pushes him off to school. And he's like yeah. this sweet older brother who's like loving, but like doesn't have time for this. He's tired. He's been selling drugs all day and he doesn't want to be doing it. Mind you in the TV yeah. show, like he's trying to get out of that shit because he saw one of he saw somebody get killed and he was fucked up about yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And um, so anyways, putting it though. It, they put it into those terms and then all of a sudden the kid like knows how to deal drugs. And it's like, it's this funny little thing in the show where it's like, you know that little kid who seven's going to grow up to be a drug dealer now because he can think about math and he's good at doing that and he's been raised to be good at doing that. But he can't do the other stuff about people getting on and off a bus. So, yeah, and that's in the show. I'm not saying that's real life, but there's sort of this analogy there, obviously, that they're trying to make. Uh, it's a great yeah. show. You should watch it, by the way, if you haven't. I know earlier we were talking about TV shows um, and movies a little bit, what we've been catching up on. It came out in 2004, and I think it ended in like... 2010 or something like that. So six to eight seasons. So it's an old show. And when you watch oh, it, wow. it definitely shows. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, I've definitely is... heard of it. Yeah. But, but so I'm just watching it. it. I'm on season two, just about done with that. And I, I dig it. Um, so I'm super stoked about it. I've been watching a lot of old shows, though. I finished Dexter, which, by the way, did you watch Dexter ever? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dexter. I watched it a long time ago. It's coming though. back. They're doing one final That's season. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that because I just That's finished Dexter. Is that Lester. coming on? Is that Netflix? Uh, Showtime, who, who Showtime. which is who originally did it. Oh, they they okay. greenlighted yeah. the original showrunner who did the first four seasons. Uh, they're giving that person a chance to tie it up, and the person's not going to redo it. They're going to just pick it up ten years later where Dexter's at. So, oh, nice. anyways, the point of this was is you were you were saying, um, you know, this isn't the way to give that that person a chance to to do it. You don't want to take somebody who's just gotten out of jail who doesn't have the skill set. And have them be, you know, the CEO of of the company just because to try and make things equal. Um, yeah, like you're you're basically just patting yourselves on the back for just creating something that's going to yeah, be an impossibility. I like I want to see their schools safer. Like I want to see politicians actually put their money where their mouth is and actually start doing the right yeah. thing. And it'll take a lot of time, and it'll be extremely intensive. Like you would need a politician and a task force that is really looking at this stuff day in and day out to make sure that it's it's working properly and making adjustments but yeah. i think a good way of seeing whether or not there's a problem is just to make the interviewing process completely blind like we were talking about before and then look at the outcomes at that point are uh are, are there a lot of uh uh, black individuals that are getting passed, just to use black individuals as a as an example, let's say they get they get past the the blind interview process. Is there a disparity? You know, are there high numbers that are making it, but then there's a disparity once they show up at the office and they're not being hired anymore. Then you yeah. could actually kind of look at it and be like, wait, maybe there is an unconscious or subconscious bias going on. You know, with yeah. them not being hired, it's weird that it was blind, but then all of a sudden, once they're into the interviews. 
they're being turned away. So then maybe you can put in another process to keep that from happening. Maybe right. use a technology where everyone, like you have a live interview and you're hearing the person, <laughs> but it's not their voice and you can't tell if it's Everything male or female. Everything is like the where the light's behind them and they're, they've got a voice yeah, changer on and yeah, it's like, well, it's uh, like yeah, yeah. protective witness can, on uh, 60 Minutes. Exactly. But you, you, you know, you'd be able to gauge whether or not Cambridge people University. are being discriminated against. And then if you see if, if it's if it's a if it's all blind and you find that the uh, black individuals still are not making it, uh, even though it's it's a blind test, that should suggest that they aren't making it on the merits. Right. And if that is the case, then you need to invest. And, and especially with uh, with black Americans, like they deserve it more than fucking anyone. And I'm not doing this or saying this just to be woke, you know, like, you know, I'm ashamed of my Republican past. So I'm trying to overcome this. Like they have been treated like shit from well, day fucking one. Yeah. And, the th- and how are you supposed to undo all of that harm by just saying, oh, freedom here, go. Like I, I think with our vets and everything, we don't expect them to come back after being in a war zone and right. be perfect. They've with any of this shit for the four years, with any of the shit that has no to do with any of the shit that has to do with race, my my perspective on it is, dude, I'm gonna have kids one day, and probably one day pretty soon. I don't want them to be fucking yeah. twenty years old and dealing with the same racial bullshit yes. we are now. And I'm not yeah. talking about like, yeah. well, what are you talking about, Bob? Like you're not on the side of it. I know. I don't want them to have to see that in other people. I don't want them to have to have the arguments that we're having about people's rights. I want shit to be equal. And everyone might go, well, I do too. So they just need to, to do it. Great. Okay, cool. You said it. Now let's sit back and watch them do it because you said yeah. so. Now everyone's just going to fucking change. Uh, and so, you know, you, you sit here and you say like, look, I'm not saying it to say this. And I go, I don't think you, are. I don't think a lot of people who are saying that are, I'm, I think we're, everyone's tired of fucking dealing with it, especially black people. And I don't want it to be a thing anymore. I don't want anyone else to have to go through that. I don't want my one black friend who has been harassed by cops and has to do all this shit. And, you know, I also have acquaintances at work, but they're nobody I hang out with outside of work, but I don't want people to experience that anymore. I don't want anyone to experience that. It's sad. It's yeah. bullshit. And just so reasonable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just, just want to like, walk through daily life and not have to be yelled at for yeah, something that's completely out of your control for something that you shouldn't have to control, like your skin color. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And, and so like, maybe this might be shit? selfish, but it's really not even about them. It's about, I don't want my kids to live in that world because I live in the world right now and it's fucking stupid. I wish we didn't have to deal with it. I wish it was equal. That's why you're thinking of the future. You're not just thinking about your feelings now. Like you're thinking like, and that's what I'm thinking too with Prop 16. Like I want to see success. Yeah. So let, let me it, go I on. The most, let me go on to Prop 17 really quick because we're running out of time here. Look, here's what I want to say. So you said that that person who just got out of prison and doesn't have the skill set shouldn't be seen. CEO and prop 17 restores the right to vote after completion of a prison term. Yeah. Okay. Even if that individual is still on parole. So I think right now you can vote once you're done with parole. I think what this wants to do is give parolees the right to vote. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, I, I, this was the last one that I got to and I didn't have a, a good chance to, to read through it and, you know, a lot of people are saying like that's still a part of their term. Parole is still a part of the term, so they shouldn't have the right to vote and all that. But I just keep thinking about like in the past, where let's say you had an abolitionist, or let's say it was even an abolitionist. Like, I guess a better example would be like a white abolitionist, because I mean, if uh, like Harriet Tubman, she would. Well, no, I guess she was free. I'm trying to think of like a a good 
example, but if you're like, let's say a white abolitionist or a black abolitionist and it's back, uh, you know, obviously during the times of slavery and everything, and you're trying to, to run slaves across and let's say Harriet Tubman is a free slave and everything. I think, I believe she was free, right? Was she free or was she just on the run and was never caught? Um, she, Harriet Tubman, wasn't she the underground railroad? Yeah, it was Underground Railroad, but I can't remember if she was a freed slave or if she was... Either way, it, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. Oh, gotcha. Top. No, no, no. Yeah, she was free, but she escaped. She wasn't freed. She escaped. Oh, okay. So she was... Okay, okay. I see. So, you know, let's say that she's in Sorry, prison. when you were asking, was she a, f- a free slave? I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? She Was, was she a freed Slave with a D. Freed slave. Yeah. yeah sorry no, about she that. was. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. A free slave. You'd be like, what? <laughs> they traded her for free. She was free. Yeah, that's an oxymoron. Um, free. No, I didn't know uh, what you were saying. She was. She was not freed. She was. Yeah. She escaped. And she yeah. escaped and, to and started the underground railroad. And let me put it to you. To you, to you this way. There, well, I guess back then she would. She wouldn't have been. I'd have to look at the dates, but I guess she wouldn't have been. A citizen. I'm now. I'm going way too far into depth. So the person. Let's say the person's. <laughs> they're a citizen of the United States. They're they're running slaves, and that's a felony, and you get put into prison. You're not allowed to vote. But when you're being put into a cage, isn't that like the most important time when you would want to vote? Mm-hmm. Like we look at it now, like we would want Harriet Tubman to vote in the hopes that she could undo the wrongs that were being committed against her for running slaves to freedom. Right. But if she is a felon and she was never allowed to vote, how do you get a collection of people together to, you know, to create change, to undo all that kind of stuff? Now, obviously, you know, the 13th Amendment was created and all that and 14th and 15th Amendments, but like, I just wonder, like, if like if I was a felon or something, and let's say it was just some harebrained scheme that I got caught up in, or I don't know, like, I would want to at least have a voice. And it's like, well, you don't have a voice because you committed a wrong, but the wrongs can only be committed because we've all decided that they are legally wrong. Right. Which is usually a byproduct of, you know, a, a body of legislators or the voters themselves. Well, yeah. As, so shouldn't I still have involvement in that? Yeah. As to, we were talking about it just this year, or, or just this podcast, rather, um, that, uh, you know, people are, yeah, people are getting together and deciding on these things. and But sometimes we're voting on them and we don't even know what the fuck we're voting about. So there's a lot of weird shit going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or actually, I, I, I I don't know why I picked such an extreme example because I was thinking about this as I was reading through Prop 17 earlier and that was the first one that came to me. But just like something with uh, uh, like weed. You know, if you were transporting what, like 1.5 ounces 20 years ago, you'd be a felon right now. Right. Shouldn't you have the right to vote now to undo that fucking like stupidity? Yeah. If you had the oppor- if you had the opportunity to. Well, and something I mean, it's really on the line. Something like I'm not weed. Suffer. 
weed arrests. I think they said last year there was like about a thousand weed arrests in the state of California, which it's legal. So I don't even know how you're getting arrested for weed. Well, because well, uh, dealing is still. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, know, gotcha. We're dealing is, and growing. Yeah. Which is bizarre. But anyways, okay. So look, um, people are saying that you haven't served your sentence until your parole is up. Um, other people are saying that um, studies have found that um, if you give parolees the right to vote, they're less likely to commit crimes, which I'm like, I can't imagine a parolee being like, shit, I could vote. I'm not doing that anymore. Okay, we're good. Like, I'm going to turn my life around because I could vote. This is great. I don't know if it makes that big of a deal. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Apparently, the people in, in favor of this say that. Look, I'm Maybe all for- better off getting a law degree. I'm all, <laughs> I'm all uh, yeah, I'm all for second chances. So I, my- Oh, me too. My lean on this is to vote yes. I want to allow them the right to vote. And people say, well, what about all the murderers? Okay, well, how many murders are there in the state of California every year? So how many people are getting out of jail for murder and aren't in there for life? Well, I'll tell you this. There's less than 15,000 annually in the whole United States. Okay. So the state of California is typically less than 2,000 of those. And you're not going to imagine that every single one of those people is going to get out of jail. And if they do get out of jail, <laughs> they're probably <laughs> like imagine? 60, 70, 80 years old. Okay? The, 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 well, the plus to see a vote. Where, uh, like, yeah, you know, Californians are really excited about passing this proposition, but unfortunately, it was the 2,000 murderers that were the deciding vote <laughs> on this proposition. Yeah, on the proposition like about happen. what? Stem cell research? That's <laughs> what you're worried really about them about voting that. on? Yes or no on stem yeah. cell research? No, we're worried about them man. voting on whether or not 17-year-olds can vote. We're worried about them voting on legal marijuana. Like... I don't, yeah. I don't like yeah. think about what they're about to vote on. Okay. Now rapes, it's, we're worried about rapists. There's about 15,000 rapes per year. And those people are definitely getting out, but 15,000 rapes. Okay. Now there are 30 million people in the state of California. So what percentage of that? Well, that is 0. 0.0005. Is that correct? Of a percentage point. Uh, so 1% of 30, 30 million would be 300,000, right? So 0.01% would be 30,000. So 0.02%. So, so 0.02% or really 0.0002. Sorry, 0.0005. There it is, 0.0005. It's half- I'm just looking at you nodding my head. <laughs> I'm just saying it's such a low I fucking number. It's such a low fucking number that it's absurd when the people who are going to get out and vote, do we want to, the question is, do we want to give them a second chance? Now, now here's the thing is, as I said to begin with, does, is that really going to make a difference? Are there a lot of people up in arms about this? How many people are saying like, and how long is parole? I, Paul, I think you might know this better than me. How long are people on parole on average? Well, it varies. It varies. So give me an average. I don't, I wouldn't be able to give you an average. I'm not sure what it would be. Um, I see you're Googling. Can, can you give me, you said it varies. What is it vary based off of your, what you it's did? A mul yeah, multitude of factors. And I'm sure, you know, uh, behavior, if you were incarcerated, like it's just a whole bunch of different factors uh -huh. that play into it. 
Average parole terms are about three years, although some are five and some are 10. Okay, so that's what it says. And, and if you're so concerned about, well, that's what's so interesting. It's like we incarcerate a large number of our population and then they don't want that large population to influence the election. Like it just, I mean, I guess maybe most of them would vote Democrat because I guess Democrats can be a little bit more left-leaning. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, sorry, I mean, uh, not let, obviously, Democrats are left leaning. They're a little bit more, I think, sensitive and nuanced. I think that's why public defenders tend to be a little bit more nuanced. You know, it's funny. They look at things. It's funny listening to a lot of my conservative individuals and friends in my life talk about liberals. They're like, they're like, yeah, fucking, you know, California, they just want to, like, you know, fill the be- the needles with beaches and, you know, let the fucking prisoners run the show and have everybody immigrate and just fucking make other people pay for it. And it's like, yeah, that's what they all think. That's when I get around and they're like, they're like, are you ready to vote for, are you ready to vote for Joe Biden? Let's fill these needles with beaches, everybody, or fill the beaches with needles. Let's let it open the border and let everybody take all our shit for free so we don't have anything. Woohoo! Like, well, it's because we, we characterize. We, we, we turn our opponents into characters and we look at the extremes. Like you said, oh, so Bob, you want murderers? You want murderers to vote? It's like, and then I give you the hypothetical about 2,000 murders swinging an election in, with 30,000 or 30 million potential voters. Yeah. Like I, it's not 30 million. I guess it'd be about 20 million potential voters, right? If you look at the age. Well, yeah, yeah. And now yeah. you go, well, not all those people are going to vote. And I go, okay, yeah, but not all the criminals are going to vote either who got out and now are on parole. Um, yeah, most of the criminals probably wouldn't even care. But my, my thing is that, like, you know, if the process put them in there, shouldn't they have a say in the process? Especially when we've looked at throughout history, like I said, with the abolitionists and everything. Yeah, how fucked up the be, process is and how many things yeah, we've repealed. Yeah, they be able to say, like, hey, I'm yep. going to cast a fuck you vote for for Joe yeah. or, or Sally Schmo because they're going to do and the I, right thing, which we'll learn now in 2020 yeah. was the right thing. I know like, I bring I this up all the time. Uh, and maybe I haven't brought it up on the podcast a lot, but what is it? Four, five, six out of the first 10 amendments in the United States Constitution are about the legal system and a person's right to fair trial, trial by juries, um, to be, they incorporated you know, the Bill of Rights. Uh, sorry, yeah. what was that? They incorporated the Bill of Rights. Yeah. Not I, all of them. They originally, I think they put forth uh, 12 of them. But uh, but yeah. so many yeah, of those are about about people in the legal system and and it just tells you that like clearly throughout history legal systems have been a problem when they're like let's think about what England did they're like yeah let's stay the fuck away from that so let's make a bunch of laws around all the weird shit that they were doing that were fucking people over in England legally yeah. you know otherwise they wouldn't have put all that in there it's like half of it yeah it's crazy anyways okay so. No, I agree, and, the, and I think I think I said the uh, this was a ways back, but I think the the equal protection clause is just the Fourteenth uh, Amendment. I think I might have said the Fifth, uh, the Due Process Clause as well. I, I, yeah, so I, I think you said that. the Fifth and the Fourteenth is what you said. Yeah, I might have gotten that uh, confused. Okay, um, which is bound to happen in the law because it is. It's just so. That's why when anyone talks about like the Constitution, like it's an absolute. It's an absolute. It's an absolute right, and it's just like it. it it's never an absolute right. Everything is subject to a, a balancing test. I mean, even with abortion and everything, it's not an absolute right uh, when it comes to the particular term. So. It, 
it, it's all a matter of balance. Yeah. So it's really, it really is. It's, it's very, you know, difficult to, uh, to, to really kind of figure out which way uh, the wind is <clears throat> going to blow in relation to all this stuff. And I'd actually like to talk about in our future podcast, because we're, I mean, we're basically the two-hour mark, I yeah, think, now, which is are. very long, but we haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> but I would like to, to talk about even um, uh, Amy uh, Comey Barrett, the Supreme Court nominee, and how much Democrats are freaking out about it, and how Democrats think it's, uh, including Bill Maher, which I listened to on his show uh, this past Friday, think it's a good idea to pack the court. And I think that is a terrible decision. And I think we need to let the process play out and use our tools at our disposal instead of playing politics as usual. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I'm in the minority on that. And uh, but for whatever reason, I mean, Biden yeah, won't answer I've, the question. And that pisses me off. Like, in fact, I wasn't going to vote for Biden if he didn't debate. When Nancy Pelosi was saying that shit about him not debating and all that, uh-huh. I was going to pull the trigger for the third party candidate because at that point, that's just ridiculous. Like, yeah. you can't, you're already stringing me along by having a candidate like him, you know? Yeah. And then he won't answer a question about whether or not he's going to pack the court, let the people decide. And packing the well, court well, means adding more uh, Supreme Court justices to off balance. And they can do that. They can do that constitutionally. Right. So I think currently the there's nine of them and we've, they packed the court 40 years ago, was it? Or 50? Uh, I think the last time was 1867. Oh shit. That's the last time no, they the added. The last time they, they, they tried to do it under FDR, but it was. I thought they did. Uh, did it was the, dis- no, it was the decision and nine, uh, the, the decision made in time that saved nine. So basically, FDR was looking at making some major New Deal reforms, and the the uh, Supreme Court was not going to go along with that. And I forgot the, the justice's name, but they ended up siding for him, and so FDR didn't end up packing the court. But the court has been made up of many different members throughout uh, the years, but the last time it was changed, I believe, was 1867. Yeah. So I don't think doing that now, even though it would be constitutionally allowed, I think we're you know, we'd be playing politics with the Supreme Court right. now, and we already have a problem with the presidency so and did, Congress, so we don't need that. Here's an interesting thing. Um, did Obama leave open seats when he left the presidency? Uh, he nominated Merrick Garland after uh, um, Scalia passed away. But was, he was a lame... Was, uh, did he leave the court open when he passed it yes, on to Trump? Yes, Uh, uh Trump not uh, passed. It got through Gorsuch and then followed by Kavanaugh. Because Obama left it open for him, he didn't. A, Obama nominated someone. The Supreme, or sorry, the uh, the Senate under Mitch McConnell. That's right. Uh, I, so I saw a clip. Nomination. I saw a clip of Mitch McConnell to, today about four years ago with Obama and that whole situation, and he's just laughing his ass off about it. He's like, ha, 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 ha. yeah, it's Obama all, doesn't get anything done in his last two years because of me. I'm running Obama's White House right now. And uh, then, <clears throat> yeah, and then Trump during the debate says, uh, I will. I made the nomination because I am the president, not for a three-year term. I am a president for a four-year term. Right. 
Obama had the same right. He said the same thing, but Mitch McConnell played politics because his predecessor, uh, the Democrat Harry Reid, played politics. So these guys, instead of having integrity, just do the same thing over and over again. They get a lot of prizes for their own side, but now they're going to cause the Democrats to do something stupid and play politics you know, by packing the court and turning it into a dumb fucking issue. Yeah. And I think we should let the process play out and let uh, and and let the uh, cases go before the court and see if they will be um, as drastic as to like overturn a Roe v. Wade or, yeah. or something along those lines. And I don't think that that would happen. I think that the, these politicians that are in the Supreme Court and they are politicians, they want to keep that job and they don't want to see America burn itself because they're making archaic decisions. And yeah. we've seen that. And we've seen liberals freak the fuck out over Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. And yet we've had, I think it was three major liberal opinions come down the pipeline in favor of including sexual orientation within the term sex uh, um, for employment discrimination purposes and all yeah. that under the 1964 Civil Rights Act. The world didn't end. Yeah. The world didn't end. So if Amy, if they make a crazy decision, they they start you know doing away with all of this precedent that we had in the past. Well, let's deal with it then. Why do we need to start burning shit now and start doing Mitch McConnell's bullshit politics by adding, let's say, two more justices to the Supreme Court, rile up Republicans, and then the next time they're in, I maybe they'll know. appoint another two more. I fucking know it, man. And that's it'll just turn into some stupid fucking clown show, just like Congress and the executive is. Yeah, where they can't get anything done. They're not making the right opinion, so we're going to put in three more liberals or three more conservatives, and it'll just become another political show. Yeah. So we need to start voting these people out, like Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, uh, Nancy Pelosi, all of like, just vote them the fuck out. Stop <laughs> Did with you, the politics. Have you seen, there's a YouTube video where it's like, Nancy Pelosi is Lucille Bluth, the mom from um, Arrested Development. Oh my God, I could totally see that. And the funny thing is I didn't even know who the person was that you just named, but right when you named the person, I just pictured that person for some reason. So it, it's it's not like exactly accurate, but it's just funny because they do look alike and they're they're both like old witch white rim, women out of their realm. I can't say that yeah. five times fast, Jesus Christ. Old rich white women out of their realm. Um and uh, so they're just like similar in their appearance and their, you know, personality. But like someone does a side by side and they're like saying things and Lucille's always drunk. And it's like, nah, it's it's funny. I wish the video was shorter. So it left more to the imagination. But anyways, um, look, we are over the two hour mark. I could go all day long. I still wanted to ask you about Prop uh, 22, I believe, which was the app based transportation. And I still wanted to ask you about Prop 25, which is uh, getting rid of bail and doing away with that completely. So I would love it if next Wednesday we could meet up again and get one more in before the election and just like pump that, that thing out, release it the night we do it or the day after. And will that be before... Let's... Yeah, we'll try... We'll release it on Wednesday. We'll try it on, on Tuesday if, if okay. we can because I'd like to mail this out because they say to try it and get mailed by the 27th. That's why that way it gets there. They want it mailed uh, by the 27th? That's what you just said? I believe that's what they – yeah, I believe that's what they said on here to make sure it gets We can there still in go in and vote in person, right? Because I think that's what and I'm going to do. And I don't do. want to – honestly, with people watching the poll, I don't want – 
any crazy stupid shit. What do you mean? Well, Trump was telling his uh, constituents to watch the polling areas. What do you mean? As like if watch cops. Yeah, watch for voters like voter fraud and suppression and all that. So you know there's going to be idiots. They're going to take it upon themselves to, you know, I don't know if they'll stand there armed. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I hope yeah. none of it happens. Yeah. But there's always those idiots that are going to hear it and be like, well, you know, if the police aren't going to stop voter fraud because they're a part of the deep state, I'm going to go in there and take care of business <laughs> myself. And it's like, could we just let the motherfuckers vote? It's yeah. at the Christ Baptist Church. Yeah. Like, let God, let God watch. Like, God, fuck. Like, Jesus. I try not to get, like, too riled up. But just <laughs> some of this stuff. It, it's like I'm getting mad at my old self. Yeah. Because, like, there's no difference. So it's like, it's it's a, like, a you know, it, there's a lot of love involved, too. Because they're, none of these individuals are bad people. And I right. know I am wrong in aspects, too. But you and I, like, I, I think that we're we're kind of like fiscally conservative but socially liberal so we 100 like we yeah yeah and, and i think that's a lot of americans but we just seem to be caught up in the left and the right and then we allow assholes like mitch mcconnell and like nancy pelosi to play politics while nothing gets done and we just yell at each other have you heard like the, the conspiracy wonder. that secretly mitch mcconnell and nancy pelosi are married and have children and they're raising their children to take over the united states government Turn really? It, turn it, no, I'm just kidding. I'm making shit up. I wouldn't, honestly, two, I wouldn't be surprised. Two fucking that old rich us. white people on either side pulling the strings. Really, they have children who are going to grow up and take over and turn it back into a monarchy and be king and queen. And they will marry each other and their bloodline will just go down through their in, inbred children. You think it's you think it's funny, but uh, honestly, like uh, these conspiracy theories. Someone out there right now is like, I knew it. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Paul, let's wrap this up. Um, it was great yes, talking sir. to you. I, I feel like I want to call you after this and, and just catch up a little bit, so I might do that. But also then I'm like, but there goes our next podcast. Um, I know. So, <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah. So anyways. But we should talk about this next time. We'll get into more depth on it and then finish up the proposition. Oh, I, I would love to do that because... Um, you know, yeah. Oh, here's what I was going to say at the very beginning of the podcast. We'll close it with this is, you know, when we lived together, we rented the house from that lady. I can't remember what her name was. Um, oh, uh, um, in Studio City? Yeah, in Studio City. And I remember her taking uh, Deer us. King. What was it? Deer King. That was her last name. Oh, um, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't remember well, it's anything. Because I, it's because I made fun of you. <laughs> Why? At the time. Why? Uh... God, what did I say? It was just stupid and immature. But oh, okay. like you were, you were, you were, well, and I was, I guess nothing's really changed, but I was, uh, you, you were just fascinating because she was a Yale graduate and everything and just uh -huh. a very like interesting woman. So she took us out to dinner and everything and you were just like asking her all these questions and everything. Uh, and I asked you afterwards, I was like, are you going to go home and do some deer king off? <laughs> I'm glad you and remember you, that because I don't remember it you, at all. You, well, you didn't even think it was funny. You <laughs> didn't like everyone else started laughing, and because we're all immature, like I was probably high out of my mind. I was probably like, "What?" No, you, <laughs> you were it. like, you were offended. You thought we were all immature because we were all making fun of you because you were having like this intellectual conversation. <laughs> and you were asking interesting conversations. You're, you're having an interesting conversation, but it was just funny because you were. 
more engaged than all of us. So then when I said the deer king off, the deer king off thing, it was like you went from mature mode to all of a sudden being re-engaged with all of us. And you were just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Can't you just enjoy a normal conversation for once? That's funny. But, uh, I mean, look, all I remember is this, is what I remember about her is, yeah, she was very intellectual, very nice. Um, and she was like, oh, yeah, you know, you, I think an election was coming up that year. And she's like, you guys ought to have everybody over. What we used to do is we'd have all our friends over and we'd all get all our, our ballots and glasses of wine and smoke cigars. And we'd talk about and argue about the propositions. And, you know, Sarah and I busted this open uh, last night and we've been talking about it. And I'm like, dude, we should call all our friends on Zoom right now and read these things and discuss them and have like good conversations uh, about this and, and stimulating things because like, you know, you brought up stuff today that I'm like, ah, oh, good point, Paul. Like I didn't know about that and I'm not equipped to be voting on these things, but I want to be. And so all of our yeah. friends have different insight and that just always stuck with me that she did that. I still remember that to this day. I don't remember. Uh, I don't know if you remember that specifically no, or not. I, I do. And she was a, uh, she did campaign fundraising for, uh, president Obama and she was the head of LA USD school district, I believe. Yeah, well. you know what? That's what I remember about her because I'm like, oh, this is what I do when we work with LA USD. I work with yeah. so and so, and she's like, oh yeah, yeah. I don't know her, but I know her boss. Like who her boss would be? That's this person. And that's um, why we we're making fun of you. Like, like they're smarter than us, so we're gonna make fun of them. I wasn't necessarily smarter. Yeah, but uh, anyways, we so don't like it. I think people should do that. And that's sort of what I wanted to do. So I'm glad you and I got to catch up on this matter because, um, you know, a, a part of me a month ago was like, I'm not going to fucking vote. I don't give a shit anymore. This is all fucking stupid. And, and now I'm in it and I'm, I'm reading through stuff and I'm excited and I don't know how big of a, a vote, um, how big of a difference my vote is going to make. If anything, I should vote. And then it should inspire me to go out and, help around my community a little bit more and get more involved with that. But I'm yeah. glad I've, I'm glad I read through this stuff last night and got reinvigorated with it. And I'm glad you and I had this conversation because, um, I don't know there. I just wanted to talk about it. I was excited to talk about it with you. So let's try and pick it yeah, up next too. week. And hopefully people can get through this over two hour long, uh, podcast, but it was just, we haven't done it for a while yeah. next week, you know, do it we'll in chunks. Pick- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll get back into the swing of things. If you've made it to the end of it, I say do it in chunks. And then you're like, now, <laughs> yeah. now you tell me. Thanks uh, for telling us. Yeah, maybe I'll put a disclaimer at the beginning. All right, um, we'll wrap it up. Until next time, guys, we'll see you later. This has been a big horn and in. production.